I just love this time of year. The snow, the festivities, and the music. Oh, really? That's awesome. What uh, What's your favorite Christmas carol? Um, Oh Holy Night. It's absolutely angelic. Uh, mm. Nothing can beat that, I don't think. As a matter of fact, we need music to open this episode, so could you play that for me right now? Yeah, no problem. Hey, 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 wait. That's not it at all. Oh man, sorry. I don't I don't know what happened there. Let's let's try that again. My bad. Okay. Yep. Penis, 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 penis. Penis, 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 penis. Stop messing with me, man. This is not it. You are ruining Christmas. I didn't know. I don't know how to stop it. It's taking over. Ah! Ah! Welcome to Frustration Nation, presented by Shoot Your Shot Sports. We are the FN Podcast for FN fans of FN Sports teams. Every episode, we explore the heartbreak, horror, and humiliation of what it means to be a diehard fan. I'm your pessimistic host and Chicago fan, Furious George, and I'm here with my Christmassy co-host and Detroit fan, Man in the Santa Hat. Man in the Santa Hat, what's going on today? Playoffs? Notre Dame squeaks into them. The Bears are alive for them. The Bulls and the Pistons hunt for them begins this week. And we finally have a plan for the NHL season. So a ton to discuss and some very special Christmas-themed segments. All right. This episode is packed fuller than Santa's sack. But before we can get into Santa's full sack, we got to get into our vent sesh. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's do it. And I think you and I d- agreed that we were um, we we're kind of going in together on this vent sesh here because we're collectively... Yep angry with um i'm not i'm not upset with and we're gonna this is gonna bleed right into our main topics and everything i'm not upset at all in the college football playoff committee's decision but the response on twitter and the rationale a lot of people are giving is Mm -hmm. just really ticking us both off um so uh we both wrote (laughs) ohio state fans and I I added SEC fans as well on here. Yeah. And I'll and I won't. I know we're gonna get into Ohio State. So yeah. Let me just say SEC real quick. What? Because that's an interesting one too, honestly. So because we might have different opinions on SEC when it comes to Texas A and M. Okay. Well, uh, let me set the stage then. So Notre Dame 
Okay. Get, gets blown out by Clemson. Uh, I think it was 34 to 10 was the game total, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was right. So not a great look, obviously. And a lot of people, a lot of people's responses to that on Twitter and social media was, oh, this kicks Notre Dame out. Um, and so, first of all, all the Ohio State fans were like, oh, well, Ohio State's a shoe-in, obviously. So the real question is, is it Notre Dame or is it Texas A&M? And all the SEC fans were like, well, Ohio State didn't look that good. Notre Dame didn't look that good. It could be Texas A&M and Florida. <laughs> Which is crazy. And that's where but Florida has three losses. I know they played Alabama tight there, but mm-hmm. you can't oh, yeah. you can't put a three-loss team in the playoff. I mean, especially when Florida already <clears throat> lost to the other possible SEC team A&M. So, yeah. And LSU unranked. You can't do that. Yep. Like, come on. Let's be reasonable. Um, and again, I'm the Notre Dame fan, obviously, and we'll talk about Ohio State here in a minute, but what bugs me most is everybody's like, oh, Notre Dame lost, they're out. I'm sorry, this is Notre Dame's first loss of the year, and they lost to the number three ranked team. Earlier this year, they beat the number one ranked team. And for everyone that was like, yeah, well, that was Clemson without Lawrence, they were still ranked number one. The committee could have said, oh, they don't have Lawrence. They're not worth number one. And they could have dropped him number two, number three or whatever. But no, they said, no, they're still number one. That's not Notre Dame's fault. Like, Notre Dame beat number one and lost to number three. That Mm -hmm. is a better resume than anybody else can, uh, unless you're undefeated, I guess, can argue. Um Clemson or even maybe undefeated teams, but we'll get to that. And you can even you can even argue that Notre Dame is a better resume than Clemson because yeah. Clemson got beat when they were number 1 by the team that was number 4 or 5 at the time. And then at number 3 they beat number 2. So technically based on rankings, they had a more impactful loss and a less impactful victory, if that makes sense. So obviously Clemson deserve like they deserve to stay at number two because they did destroy Notre Dame in sure, the championship yeah. game. I'm just saying you could make an argument that Notre Dame had a has a better roster than Clemson even a resume. Right, I mean, it's a, but it's an argument we don't need to make because there's so many other bigger issues, honestly. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it is interesting, and you. The, the one thing I'd say, too, is margin of victory. So Clemson or Notre Dame wins a close game. Right. No, I agree with that, um, too. Clemson wins a blowout. They win more recently. Lawrence was out of the first one. I still think Ohio or I still think Notre Dame's resume might be better, which we're going to get to, like, what determines who makes the playoff even. Um, but I don't have a problem with Clemson being ranked higher. I, I would have had a problem if Notre Dame was left out. But Yeah. yeah. So that was my big beef, really, was that everyone was like, oh, Notre Dame lost. They're out. Like... Notre Dame, like, okay. Notre Dame did get blown out, and that much I can see. But they lost by 24. If Notre Dame would have lost, like, 55... 58-2. Yeah, something... Yeah, I was going to say, like, 55-7. to Something crazy. Then, yeah, yeah, there's even more of an argument for them Mm -hmm. to be left out. But it's hard for for me to accept your argument of A&M because... AM wasn't even playing in their conference finals. And yeah, that's a good point. And Florida yeah. was, but Florida had three losses after losing to Alabama. 
And even before Florida went to play Alabama, it was pretty much they have to beat Alabama to have even a shot to make it in to the playoff. Yep. So to me, it was yeah. it was very disrespectful that Notre Dame was just cast off so quickly because right. it, it, it's just ridiculous. And I mean, Notre Dame doesn't need excuses because they should they should be they should be and are better than the way they played. But if you want an excuse for Notre Dame, this is their first year playing in a conference too. And you could always say something like, oh, different environment, like different, you know, schedule and everything. But clearly that wasn't really an issue because they went undefeated in the regular season. Point is, yeah. I, I was really upset with the reaction to that. But what we really want to talk about here is Ohio State. So that's where we both yeah, share a lot of uh, frustration. Right. And this is going to tie right into A&M because I think we, we both agree Obviously, Alabama and Clemson should be in. Uh, yeah. Um, we both have already talked about Notre Dame. They have a top three, I'd argue top one or two resume. Um, yeah, you have a bad loss. But at this point, there's very few teams. It's not like you have a bunch of 10-0 and 0 teams. Right. You know? So um, we both definitely agree they have a resume they should be in. The point I'm going to make as we kind of get into Ohio State and maybe a little bit of A&M talk is – Firstly, there's no really idea how or why the committee chooses who they choose. Like, are you looking at best team when it comes to the eye test? Yeah. Or are you looking at most deserving teams? Are you looking at resumes? Are you looking at how you think Some, they'll match up to other playoff teams? Like, what's the criteria? Sometimes it feels like it's just based on marketability, too. Yeah, like Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just the dollar sign you can put next to them. Like, who knows? I'm not saying they're a terrible team. I'm just saying, are they a playoff team? And how do you determine that? When I look at a lot of times to compare this is like, what's your worst loss and what's your best win or most signature win? Um, so talking back to Notre Dame, your worst loss was Clemson. So your worst loss was to a top three playoff team. Your best win was Clemson, yep. a number one playoff yep. team. Both those things tell me you're a playoff team. When you look at um, Texas A&M. I'll just mention that briefly. And, Your worst loss. Go ahead. And for Notre Dame, it's also unique because a lot of times when you have when people have a you know a top five win and a top five loss, usually that's not mm -hmm. to the, against the same team. Like a lot of times yeah. it's one team and then another. But that like when you play a rematch, that's I, I would I would argue a lot harder because you're more familiar with the other school at that point. And the other, you know, mm -hmm. especially, I'm obviously glad Notre Dame won in the regular season because it set them up, up to be in the playoff conversation. But yeah. by beating Clemson first, they Notre Dame in many ways had the tougher job to beat Clemson a second time. Because Clemson, it was a must win. Yep. Clemson's at home. Clemson's already used to playing a conference and playing the same team twice, fairly regularly. I, I don't know how often it happens, but they've done that before. Like North Carolina you know, so. or... Yeah, or North Carolina or Miami or Florida State or whatever. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, c continuing with that same best win, worst loss. Texas A&M. They obviously got blown out by Alabama week two of the season. They lost 52-24. to 24. But again, your worst loss is to the clear number one team in football. Yep. Week two. And after that, you win eight straight games. I agree with you. The fact you're not in that, the championship game is a problem. But... At this point, I'm not comparing A&M to Notre Dame, like a lot of people were trying to do. Notre Dame's clearly more deserving than Texas A&M. But I think there's an argument you can make that Texas A&M is more deserving than Ohio State. 
Um, what's Ohio State's worst loss? Obviously, they haven't lost a game, but you've played four fewer games than Texas A&M. Um, yep. And you're playing in a historically bad Big Ten, and you didn't lose any games, but you didn't look impressive the two times you had to face somewhat decent teams. So then going back to best win, what's your best win? An Indiana team who was good this year, but is a terrible program that you haven't lost to in 30 years? Is that your best win? Or a Northwestern team that they, they are coached well, but they're miles behind you in talent. Yeah. And, and yeah, recruiting all that. Yeah, it's like, is that your best win? A game against Northwestern that you were basically losing at halftime? Like, so, yeah, you- I'd argue Texas A&M, like, their loss was bad. But it's a loss to the number one team in football. And it's a loss. Like, when you look at best win, beating Florida is way better than anything Ohio State has done this whole season. Yep. And you've played three more games. How highly ranked? And the SEC. How highly ranked was Indiana when they played Ohio State? <sighs> Top fifteen, I think. So in that. But scenario, now I don't even know what. But, yeah. but in that scenario, both IU and Northwestern were top fifteen when Ohio State played them, whereas right. Florida was right around five or six the whole season. So A and M yep. beats them. Like that's way more impressive. The guy that's top five, top ten. Mm-hmm. Compared to top yep. fifteen, <clears throat> and I mean, even those these teams were unranked when they play them. Personally, I think it's more impressive to beat teams like Tennessee, Auburn, um, South Carolina, blowing out South Carolina. Like those games, the SEC is just better than the Big Ten yeah. in general. Well, it's better, especially this yeah. year. And those wins are more impressive. I'm sorry, they're more impressive than beating Rutgers and Maryland. And I will say, um, I will say, the. The talent of the SEC in general is the one argument I will give AM for getting yeah. in over Notre Dame. Like, if it came down to Notre Dame or AM, I think AM's strongest argument is that the SEC is a tougher conference than the ACC for sure. But yeah, and, and that's not enough by itself. Like, yeah. that's why I would say there's no chance they should get in over Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree. But when you're comparing two closer teams, in my mind, like Ohio State AM, that's a factor. Um, so much better win. You've only lost one game. Um, Ohio State just is has not impressed me. Like whether you're judging them based on resume or on passing the eye test, whatever criteria the committee uses, I don't think Ohio State passes anywhere. Like you're gonna tell me beating Northwestern, Ohio State fans are acting like that was suddenly a top five win. Yeah. The same Northwestern team got smoked by Michigan State like a few weeks ago. Like this is, Northwestern team is not a good and team. IU team that I know Ohio State fans are like, oh yeah, well they were blowing them out and they just kind of let up at the end. It's like, well that's you know in college football everyone knows you're supposed to blow opponents out if you can because. And it's one thing to say, oh we let up and they got within twenty points. Indiana had the ball and was down like six points with a chance to win that yeah. game. You don't just coast and let that happen. And Indiana barely beat Penn State, which at the yeah. time seemed like a big upset. But we learned pretty quickly that Penn State did they did they win at all this year? Mm, they ended up winning at least. Oh, one, they beat Michigan. Oh, actually, no. Penn State won a few. They're like closer to five hundred, but they're still just a terrible team. And then yeah. everyone's saying, "Wow, Indiana also beat Michigan. They got over the hump, big win." Well, obviously that's not a big win. Yeah. So when you look at the the level of the Big Ten, even the teams like Indiana and Northwestern, they're just historically not 
difficult teams to beat. And this year, honestly, their records seem to be more about how bad the rest of the Big Ten is. So I'm just not impressed by Ohio I, State. I really, it's not because I'm not a. It's not because I'm a Michigan fan. I was. It's because one know. reason I was hoping Notre Dame would beat Clemson was I was really looking forward to Notre Dame Ohio State because presumably oh, yeah. Ohio State probably would have moved to number three because Clemson would probably be out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have been really like because I think Notre Dame could beat Ohio State. I, I yeah. caution to say convincingly, but I'd pick them to win. I think I think Ohio Notre Dame State. could win by at least a touchdown against Ohio mm-hmm. State. Um, For sure. In fact, I, I think that Ohio State probably is the weakest team in the playoff. And I don't think it's even close. I think they're by far the weakest team, and it's a kind of a joke that they're third. And yeah, basically, it seems like. And again, this goes back to my issues with the playoff committee, kind of just doing things however they want to. I think the reason Notre Dame's fourth instead of third is just because they know people didn't want to see another Clemson-Notre Dame rematch yeah. right away. Um, and because crazy, people dude. are interested in, yeah, people do want to see Clemson-Ohio State because that's been kind of a, a rivalry almost the past few years. Um So to me, that says you're making decisions not based on resume, but based on what matchups are best for your TV dollars and what do the fans want to see. Um, But that goes back to what you were saying. You were saying, like, there's no set criteria that they follow to determine who who any rankings are, whether that's playoff rankings or just rankings throughout the year. There's no criteria they really base things off of. It's not like they've come out and said, okay, here's our chart. We've got a system where we give you one point for each win, a bonus point if it's on the road. Like they haven't come out with this yeah. system that, like a computer model that generates this playoff. You get a bunch of guys in a room who just sit around and talk about it, and then just come out and say, "Hey, here's our four teams." I, I've just have become increasingly frustrated with and kind of sick of the college football structure yeah. of the whole sport. Honestly. Um, you just continue to see the talent gaps grow bigger and bigger. You continue to see the same, frankly, at this point, somewhat boring matchups in the playoff. Um, just continue to see object like subjective decisions being made without any kind of defense or rationale behind it. Um, so this is just another example. This is just the way the sport is. And love it or hate it, that's just college football. And I'm kind of starting to hate it a little bit after another year where it seems like decisions were made for reasons other than best resume. Yep. And the, the other thing I'll just say that you and I were getting really agitated by on Twitter was that Ohio state fans were like, they were talking as if Ohio state being in the playoff was a foregone conclusion. Like, yeah, no. Oh yeah. You know, they'll be like, Oh yeah. So the top three are Alabama, Clemson on Ohio state. And will it be Notre Dame? Will it be Florida? Will it be A&M? It was never, well, is Ohio State's playoff Here's in question? Here's why we should. Yeah, it, right. it was Ohio <laughs> yeah. State's in, and yeah, it, it it's it's funny. Like, and now I've you know I've seen a lot of people on Ohio, that are Ohio State fans on Twitter. Right, right now they're making jokes about like how dumb or punchable of a face Davos Sweeney has, and it's just like, what do you guys even do? Like, is this the trash talk you're choosing to have? Like, oh, this yeah. coach looks stupid. I'd love to punch him. Like. What? You're just lucky you're even in the playoff at this point. And yeah, Ohio State fans in general, 
I had a whole rant about this a few episodes ago. <laughs> like, they're just some of the most insufferable people on social media. Yeah. And I honestly think it's because you have a program which a lot of credit to Ohio State. They've been good for a long time, and that's they're a great program, obviously. But what it's done is created a fan base that some of the most entitled and obnoxious fans you'll come across. Yeah. Um, because a situation like this where any rational fan would be saying, hey, it's been a weird year. We only played six games. Let's try to make an argument for why we think we should be in the playoff. Yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Anyone who says otherwise is an idiot. Notre Dame is terrible. Like, it just, yeah. It's almost like they feel like they don't need to defend themselves because they've been so good for so long that they should just be accepted yeah. in the playoff just because of the brand, you know? Um, well, so yeah, I'm right there with you. The last thing that you wanted to do was you wanted to rank our own one through four and predict what'll happen. Yeah. Um, so I think we can both, would you agree that both of ours is one, two Alabama Clemson? Yes. So let's just talk three and four. Um, mm-hmm. I do think I would drop Notre Dame to four because you did lose okay. by a wide margin in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that I've heard about AM, especially being yeah. that their only loss was to Alabama, convinces me that you put AM in at third. Now, I do yeah. I, I would say Notre Dame has a better resume than AM and maybe Notre Dame should be third. But again, when you're looking at the committee and what they would want be wanting for a matchup, then you get Clemson Notre Dame for a third time and Alabama AM for a second time. Is that really what you yeah. want? So switching it up and putting AM Clemson and Notre Dame Alabama as at least a little more intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, there's still the possibility you could end up with Notre Dame Clemson or AM Alabama for again. Yeah. But obviously, the most likely scenario is that you're going to end up with Alabama and Clemson. Um, but at least you get a little bit of diversity in the matchups and justified rankings. For sure. And I, I mean, if that was what happened, I would be fine with it. I would still have the opinion decisions should be based as far as seeding, based on your resume, not on yeah. what you think TV should look oh, like. I mean, I agree um, with you on that. I, so, and, and real yeah. quick, let me just, but I wouldn't have had a huge problem if that did happen. Let though. me just say this whole discussion we're having, because there is no set criteria, right. and because of a lot of the flaws that we've seen, especially this year with this whole Ohio State, Notre Dame, A&M, Florida discussion, it is, Mm -hmm. I believe, a very strong argument why they need to expand the playoffs. Um, Uh, Yeah, agreed. Then Ohio State fans, sure, go ahead and get in the playoff as a sixth seed. Like, yeah, or A&M, then you're not going to complain anymore because A&M and Florida would probably both be in the playoffs. Well, the thing is is that the, the problem is that when you don't have a set criteria, it creates, like, there's just so much guessing that the fan base does and everything and teams even. Whereas, so if you're not going to have a criteria and let's say you do a 10 team playoff, the top 10 and like the top two get a bye week or something. So you have, Mm -hmm. you know, eight, you have four games, the first, you know, week of playoffs and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, something along those lines, uh, what that does is it eliminate people aren't going to care as much what your thoughts were on the rankings. You'd have right. fringe teams like teams that are ranked 11, 12, 13, who will be like, oh, we really feel like we could have gotten in at number 10. But when mm-hmm. you're 11, 12, 13, it's kind of like you really aren't 
that deserving, I guess. There's, yeah, I don't know. It's not you're not as likely to win the whole thing, and at that point, it's like, well, you could have easily been good enough to move up a couple spots. When you got into the, you have to get into the top four. That's a tough ask, yeah. and you can be a really good team and miss out. So, and also yeah. for every, there's there's a lot of people out there that'll be that is, the people who are for the one through four playoffs. Mm-hmm. Their argument is, yeah, well, you know, there's not really any teams that are better than the top four, and I understand that, but. That's not at all what we see in college basketball. College basketball, the championship really any other is a March Madness tournament with yeah. 64 teams, 65 or whatever if you include the play-in game. And mm-hmm. so then you have 64 teams and rare, like a lot of times you see all those big upsets that you weren't expecting and it's a, it's a one-game elimination game. So why is it that mm-hmm. in college football it has to be no it has to clearly be the the best teams only? Well, why don't you open it up and even if you did like a 16 team race and that might seem ridiculous to some people, but if you did that, you're going to create something that's a lot more like college basketball which people love. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, there's really no downside to it at this point. Honestly, cut the season shorter, have 8 games regular season and a 16 team playoff like something just needs to be done you need to make it objective you need to have it based on like all conference winners automatically get in other than that it's based on win percentage like you need to have some kind of criteria because for the nfl if say this year the vikings miss the playoffs and they say we really thought we were one of the better teams we think we're better than the cardinals we think we're better than the the rams why are we out of the playoffs because the numbers say you are yeah. like you can complain all you want but it's not rigged you should have won more games like nobody ever complains about being left out of the nfl playoffs so it's just you need to have something objective yeah. um so i'm yeah. sorry what was your three and four yeah i'd have i would just do notre dame three a and m four just because i i'm trying to be just as strict to the strength of schedule and the resume as I can. Um, but like you said, if you had had those same teams in and just flipped a couple seeds, I, I'm not going to freak out about it. But yeah, I, that's how I would have done it. Nice. So. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we talked a lot on that. Let's get into the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I wrote Bears thoughts on here. And for anybody that has been you know, following the Bears, it's been quite the uptick lately. This team's been scoring... They've been averaging over 30 points a game for the past four games. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things that's... One of the biggest arguments a lot of people have been bringing up is like, is this offensive model sustainable? And the answer is kind of, I, I would say at this point, because the fact that they're doing it for... That they've done it for four games with the same OC and quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, I think is a good sign that it could be a sustainable model. Now, I know the Packers, the Texans, the Lions, and the Vikings, none of them have great defenses. The, the Texans and the Lions are bottom of the league. The mm-hmm. Packers and Vikings are more middle of the pack. So you have... You have two average defenses, basically, and then two bad defenses. And your last two games are Jaguars and Packers. Um, So is it legitimate? I don't know. Um, But what I wanted to get into was we had this little back and forth on Twitter 
And so I thought we could just read what we said and then kind of yeah. any other thoughts we have, we can go from there. So first of all, um, if you're a Bears fan, I have a great follow on Twitter is at DaBearsBlog. Um, and he wrote, people thought I was overreacting to the offensive performance last week. I didn't think I was. Nagy, Laser, and Mitch have figured this out. The organization would be crazy not to bring that trio back in 2021. To which the man Michigan hat said. Okay, yeah, so let's read these through. Um, I'm sorry, but this is one of the most short-sighted and delusional takes I've seen all year. Is the offense using better schemes to hide Trubisky's weaknesses? Yes. Does that mean they, quote, have this figured out? Pump the brakes a little bit. Still a below average team and offense. And then I tweeted, replied, uh, tagged you in that, and just asked thoughts. I honestly think bringing back every, bringing everyone back is just prolonging the inevitable and accepting another season of mediocrity, but I don't know what most Bears fans think. Uh, this team isn't a real playoff caliber team in my eyes. There are at least 15 better teams. To which I replied, I said, maybe, but... Are under this offense, the Bears are scoring an average of 30.3 points per game over the past four weeks. The defense has struggled of late, but for most of the season was around 19 points allowed per game. If you think you can replicate those numbers throughout a whole season, then that's a winning formula in my eyes. Additionally, yes, Nagy went to Foles and it didn't work out and hasn't started guys or sat others when maybe he should have. But, oh man, the way he has turned this team around from scoring 9 points a game to 30, that's a huge coaching compliment. And I said, if Bill Lazor is the key to Trubisky performing well, then that is encouraging too. Here's the deal. There was already talk of the Bears hanging on to everyone by virtue of the COVID year and the way the contracts work out. So, for the reasons you, for those reasons, you keep Nagy, Pace, Lazor, but Pagano may need to go. As for Mitch, when you look at the free agent QBs available after Dak, who is pricey, there is no one that particularly stands out. So draft a, Q a QB, maybe wait till second round and start the season with Mitch at QB. If he continues to succeed, then awesome. And then you have a young QB that could have time to learn the Nagy offense, etc. Now there's a lot that has to go right for this to shake out. Do I think it will happen? I don't know, but I don't think it's exactly a crazy take. Maybe bold. At this point, you have to see how the season ends. And I said, there's my Bears manifesto. <laughs> nice. Um, so then I responded, definitely agree things are trending that way, referring to bringing everyone back. At this point, Mitch will probably be the starter in 21, and there might not be better options. I just have to push back at fans who say they, quote, have things figured out and think that things have changed drastically. I think it's fine to accept reality and enjoy it for what it is, but still be realistic. There's several options at this point for the Bears, and none of them are great in the short term. Probably better if you think long term now. As fans, though, it is not up to you, so you might as well strap in and hope for the best. You also said, I also have to think, think that the oh. offensive improvement. Yeah, yeah. At this point, we kind of split into a couple different tweets. And uh, yeah, I also have to think that the offensive improvement is a little bit of a mirage. The Lions, Texans, and Vikings all have way below average defenses. Not taking anything away from the Bears, they did what they should do. Just something to consider for fans thinking about playoffs. And then I said Vikings are currently ranked 12th in defensive DVOA. 
And you finished it Yeah, up? I said... I finished the, at that point. I just said, yeah, that's fair. I just know they, the Vikings, have struggled recently, especially against the run. Jacksonville just shredded them. Point still stands for Lions and Texans. So this whole conversation is on Twitter. If you want to go read it for yourself, um, if you don't like our audiobook version we just did, I actually pinned <laughs> it to my uh, Twitter. That's at FuriousGeorge94. Okay. Um, yep. So there's my shameless plug. You can go read it there. Um, but... Just to talk about this a little bit and break it down. First of all, thoughts on the game. Beating the Vikings is a big deal for the Bears because they looked really bad against them a few weeks ago. And you recently they lost three divisional games in a row. Vikings, Packers, Lions. Um, and to then come, you know, win this game after because everyone thought after beating the Texans, like, oh, that was a fun game, but you know. A lot of people, after the beating the Texans, it was like, that was a fun game. That's two weeks in a row with good offensive output because they, the Bears did score 30 against Detroit. Um, mm -hmm. But everyone was like, are they really going to be able to continue to do this? And then you come out and you put up another 30. They scored 33 against Minnesota. And as a Bears fan, like, I'm, it's crazy because it's like numbers you've never seen before in your life. Like, oh my word, 33 points. Um, and, uh, mm -hmm. so anyway, it, it's really exciting as a Bears fan, everything we as Bears fans have said that you need to do for Mitchell Trubisky from the start is finally being implemented. We've said for so long, Mitchell Trubisky is way better when you put him on the move and can roll out and, and shorten the field. And yeah. finally they're doing that. And we've said, you need to simplify the offense. Don't do these super, you know, genius intellect level offensive schemes uh, when you have a subpar quarterback. You make it simpler. They're finally doing that. Run the ball more. They're finally doing that. Montgomery had 142 yards against the Vikings. And I didn't start him in fantasy. Didn't matter. But <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's, cra it, it, it's crazy how productive they've looked. At one point, the Bears had one punt against the Vikings. One yeah. punt. That's insane for a Bears fan. The only times, the only other time they didn't score and didn't punt was when Mitch threw an interception in the red zone. And that was a very, like, vintage Mitch moment. But for so much of the rest of the game and these past three, four weeks, we've seen a confident passer. He's... He, know, he, like, knows what he's doing with the ball. His accuracy has improved. And I I can th I think it's only can be credited to that you're simplifying everything. You're running the ball more. You're running a system that's way more like what the Niners have done, what the Vikings have done. Because let's be real, Garoppolo and Cousins, neither are superstar quarterbacks. So they rely on, but they can be effective in quarterback-friendly systems. And so when you can shorten the field, simplify the offense, and focus on the run, which both of those teams did, have done, then your quarterback can succeed in the limited times that he passes. And Trubisky does have talent. It's evident he has talent. He has all the athleticism in the world. So that part is not the concern. The concern is, like, can he sustain, you know, his accuracy and understand what's happening on the field for a full game? Well, if you limit the times he's doing that, things get better. And we've seen things get better. So, 
part of the reason I push back against what you're saying and saying, like you're saying it's a mirage, like we've seen it now for three straight weeks, scoring 30 more, more points. Um, if you include the Packers game, even they scored 25 points, even though some of that was in garbage time. And even in the Packers game, you know, he had four turnovers. It was ugly, but there were stretches where it was like, wow, this is, looks like a different Mitchell Trubisky. Against the Lions, Texans, and Vikings, it was like very clearly a different Mitch. And the other reason I kind of pushed back against that mm-hmm. is that I cited the reasons, like the examples of the Niners and the Vikings. Those are teams that have had, I would say... I would I, I wouldn't say sustained success I guess for like multiple seasons but they had sustained success for the length of an entire season. Vikings getting to conference championship games like with Christian Ponder, or no yeah. it wasn't Ponder was it? It was uh, oh man mm. what's his name? He went to the he was on the Redskins last year when they were still the Redskins. Oh my word. Cousins was on the Redskins last year too, or not last year, but he was on the Redskins before. Yeah, too. no, that's not who. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's his name? It was like between Christian Ponder and he wasn't. He's not a good quarterback. Mm. It was in the Miracle in Minneapolis. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah, so they went to yeah. an NFC. Almost forgot about him. Yeah, they <laughs> went to an NFC Championship game. I think it was with Case Keenum. Like the right. Niners went to a Super Bowl with with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like mm-hmm. there, there's examples out there where you see quarterbacks succeeding in this. So that's why I think if the Bears feel like this, what they're seeing right now, is a small taste of what all of next season can be. If you think you can replicate this next season, you if the Bears this whole season were putting up 30 points a game, you're talking about a team that maybe has three or four losses, like. That changes everything. Um, mm-hmm. So, in many ways, I honestly want to see... The, like, okay, I want to see the Bears make the playoffs just because at this point, you've won enough games that you're out of any good draft position that tanking doesn't make any sense. Right, at this point, might as well. Yeah, right, right. so at this point, yeah. make the playoffs. But the other reason I want to see you make the playoffs is because you can go up against some good teams, and if Mitch can still produce and still put up, still look confident put up 30 points the running game looks good if you can continue this model oh my word your confidence in this offense moving forward shoots through the roof it shoots through the roof and i know again you're like i i agree with you that i wouldn't say they figured it all out i think there's a lot that remains to be seen i think these next mm-hmm. two weeks against the jaguars and packers there's a lot that we want to see if the bears like next week mitchell trubisky should shred the Jaguars right. against the pa- especially because they're a team who now thinks they could get the number one pick so yeah against yeah. the Packers he should be able you know you need that win Move to the get ball. in the playoffs you should be able to beat them they're they're a beatable yep. defense um, yep. so there's a lot that remains to be seen so I agree they haven't figured it out but I don't think that it's crazy to think that you could bring this back next year but I think it's mm-hmm. too early to say that. I think we need to wait to see what happens. Um, and the last thing I'll say is the at Da Bears blog that you tweeted about, he's been like the biggest Trubisky critic ever since Trubisky mm-hmm. was drafted. And I used to, I really like his content, but I used to hate game days following him because whenever Trubisky, <laughs> so he was the type of person that would be like, Trubisky would like slightly overthrow a receiver and be like, that would have been a touchdown. Trubisky throws it accurately. 
oh, he missed a touchdown there. Like, this kid just doesn't have it. Like, comments mm -hmm. like that where it's, like, overly critical. So the fact that this very overly critical person of Mitch has now almost turned it around completely to saying this could work for the future of the Bears, that's, and I know you don't have that context that I do with him, yeah. but because he <laughs> is the one saying that, that's part of why I'm like, man, this is, this is actually really crazy what the Bears have done uh, the past month. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know I said a lot, so take your time. No, that's good. Um, a lot of what I kind of so strongly pushed back against was what you had just mentioned, that word figured out. Like, that was what kind of got me immediately, like, whoa, pump the brakes a little bit. Um, and I, I appreciate that you said, like, that might be a little overstated. The other thing, though, is, like, you giving that background, which I didn't know, of this original Twitter user that I retweeted originally being more negative actually just makes me that much more like I have to feel the need to push back against it because the biggest issue I have is the flip-flop you know yeah. like um you don't like flip-flops you prefer slides <laughs> no I prefer yeah I prefer <laughs> the like the ones that clip around the back of your ankle oh, for yeah. extra support the dad sandal yeah, <laughs> yeah. um I, I guess my thought is just Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah. whatever, whenever you think things changed. After the Packers well, game, after the after Lions game. After the Lions game, game honestly. Yeah. You know, like, there was no doubt in anyone's mind that Nagy needed to be gone. Trubisky wasn't the answer. And Pace was fired. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, and so my thought is just how much can change in a couple weeks? Like, if, I, it, this might be, I think, Lazer's first year, right? With the Bears. With the Bears, um, yeah. Yeah, but Nagy's been here a few years. Trubisky's been here a few years, and if we're still at the point where your view on the these guys can change drastically based on one game, it just is concerning to me. Two like, games, it, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like basically, like Patricia, right? Like he had been with the Lions for a few years, and if he came out and beat the Packers by thirty points, I was not going to come out the next week and say maybe he's the long-term answer at head coach. Like. I knew he was a bad coach and I was willing to kind of ride the up and downs already having my mind made up. And you said a couple weeks ago, like you said something like bears fans, if you're going to be negative or positive, pick a lane, yeah. like pick one or the other. And I mean, I get, you have to be somewhat reactionary because we're reacting to things we see on the yeah. field, but I feel like too many bears fans are way too up and way too down. And like, so say that, okay. Say this last, say the, the, this won't happen because like you said, the, the Jaguars are terrible. The bears should beat them easily. Say that the lot or the, the bears go out and lose, lose yeah. 30 to three to the, to Jaguars oh, next week. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Obviously worst case scenario, every single fan this week that got that bears blog guy, like everybody's going to be saying fire everyone. Yeah. How can your opinions change that much week to week? You're not allowing any room for either a bad week or a good week. You're not allowing any room for anomalies. Because every week your opinion drastically changes to fit whatever you just saw. I just don't think that's a way to evaluate a team long term. And I get fans are going to be fans. Um, but my whole thought is just like if Stafford has a bad game at this point. I know he's been around for longer so the sample size is bigger. But like if Stafford has a terrible game it doesn't change my opinion on him. <clears throat> if Patricia has a good game it doesn't change my opinion. Like, And I just logic being logically consistent I feel like I had the need to say like. 
I don't think much can change that quickly. Um, they are doing things better. Mm-hmm. Like the scheme is better. They're hiding Trubisky's weaknesses and complementing his strengths better. They're running the ball more. Like, and that's all good things to do. But I think that basically the reason I brought up the whole their competition, I think a lot of the things you're doing, I don't think you can hide your quarterback against good teams. And I think a lot of the stuff you're doing, it's good they're running the ball more, but they're running it, they're playing against teams that give up rushing yards pretty easily. So it's like you're able to run the ball more, and maybe they're almost forced to run more because of the run's working. And so, I mean, you kind of roll Trubisky out to one side, you don't give him any reads. He's got to make a throw to, he's got like one option, quick slant to somebody, you know, like that works when the defense was bad. But if you face a good defense, the question is, now that you've taken away his ability to, like, forcing him to make reads, you just give him the one option. If that option's covered up now, you're in trouble. Like, I just feel like a lot of the the ability to run this kind of offense is because you face teams that will still give up points to a basic offense, So, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I understand what you're saying. And again, I, I think, I, I get that you're... Okay, first of all, I don't want to sound like I'm, like, I don't want to sound like one of the flip-floppers that you were just criticizing. I, Which, I would yeah, say, I mean, I mean I, I'm not even talking about no, you I know. specifically. If you think I am, then that's yeah. fine. But, like, my, I would, I'm very optimistic, but I would still say cautiously com- optimistic. Uh, today, okay. uh, there was a local radio show in Chicago. They said, respond, like, reply with your feelings on the bears mm-hmm. and i responded and i said frankly i feel there's more cons than pros and i said the cons being i'm what did i what did i say i said confused conflicted and yet somehow confident so the three cons are confused oh, conflicted <laughs> and confident confident nice. but it's it's weird right those are three weird cons and it's like confused and conflicted i feel like and and here's where the the problem lies right and this is why i would call myself very cautiously optimistic i'm trying not Mm -hmm. to let myself get totally sold into what this team is because i'm waiting for them to lose to jacksonville next week like i'm I'm almost expecting it uh at this point and like i said i don't think that's going to happen but it's kind of a a hypothetical of how drastically would that change your view and can one game really change your view that much and still be a consistent analyst, you know? And so because I'm, so here's the reason why I'm cautiously optimistic. One, so the offense has improved over four weeks. Only two of those weeks have you won. Now the defense had part of a hand in that, but you know, everybody, everybody in the league eventually figures out how to scheme against what's working for your team. And mm-hmm. when will we see the first team that figures out how to do that? That's that's one question I have. Um, really, it should have been the Vikings because the Vikings and Bears play, like the, the style of Vi- the Bears are playing this past Sunday is the same style offense the Vikings regularly run with Cousins. So really, the yeah, Vikings should have been true. the first ones to stop it. But... That's part of why I'm cautiously optimistic. Some at some point somebody's gonna figure out how to stop this this team. The other reason is is you still have to look back at Matt, Matt Nagy's 
record of coaching this year. Not record as in win-loss, but like just how he's done in general. And the biggest problem everyone comes to is, why did this take so long for you to make these adjustments for Mitchell Trubisky? These adjustments should have been made mid-season, last season. In the 2019 season, when Mitch Trubisky looked horrible the whole season, these changes should have been made then. And why is it that we're almost through two full seasons of this horrible offense before you finally realize, I need to simplify things? Why is it that Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars are sitting on the bench and you're putting in Rashad Coward and Jason Spriggs and these other fools that don't know what they're doing on the offensive line. Why is it that you have these guys who are, they're not just performing. Sam Mustafer is like, he doesn't have a penalty yet. He There's one play they sh- I, I've seen a replay of. It was Montgomery's 14-yard touchdown run yesterday. He blocks two guys, one with each arm at one point. He goes one guy to his left first and then comes over and gets the other guy with his right. It was just like, mm-hmm. dang, like where, like how bad of a talent evaluator are you that you had these guys sitting on the bench? Like, I just don't understand. You still have Jimmy Graham, the primary tight end when Komet. They, they've actually flipped clearly that recently. As... Komet's been playing okay. almost every snap now. But how long did that go on? Right. You know? Yeah. So there's a lot of things that, you know, you look at Matt Nagy and you question, why has this taken so long? And the people who are defenders of Matt Nagy say, well, this is his first coaching gig. It's only his third year as a head coach. And I'll be honest, I can buy that argument a little bit. Like, I can get that a little bit. But it does seem a little excessive that some of these things have gone on for not just this season, for two full seasons, and you haven't made any changes or adjustments. Um, if And... It, in many ways, it feels like Matt Nagy was forced into making these adjustments because he's like, I'm going to get fired if I don't figure something out. So I have to do this simple offense that I hate, but I'm going to do it because I think it might produce better results. Well, I don't care if you hate the offense or not. You're the head coach and your job is to get your team to win. I don't understand. I just don't understand why this was something that has been put off for so long. So that's the biggest criticism I have of Nagy. There's a lot of criticism of pace of like just his draft picks. And do you really want him selecting another quarterback? Because I think you do. Even if you keep Trubisky, you still need to keep another quarterback. In the end, this is the last thing I'll say before we move on to another topic. I think next year, if the Bears lose against the Jaguars, Nagy is back on the hot seat. Probably fired. If they beat if they beat Jacksonville and if they play Green Bay close in Week 17, even if they don't make the playoffs, or say they beat Green Bay but Cardinals lose out so they don't make the playoffs, I still think that Nagy's back, and I do think Trubisky's back because mm-hmm. economically, Trubisky's going to be the best option you can really have. Um, because Dak is just too much, and the Bears don't have enough cap space. Um, so I think Trubisky's back next year. I think if Nagy can at least, at least if he can beat Jacksonville, I think there's a really good shot he's back, no matter what happens against Green Bay. 
The person I think that's still up in the air is Ryan Pace. I could still see Ryan Pace fired. Um, but a lot of people say, well, why would you force a coach on a new GM? That's always a topic a lot of people like to talk about. Um, <laughs> so for that reason, you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe they do ride with Pace again. There's a lot of a lot of possibilities. There's so many. I've listened to like three, like two other Bears podcasts since the Vikings game was over. And all of them, they the whole episode was them talking about all these crazy different possibilities of what can happen in the offseason. And it, it really, it could go so many different ways. And that's why these next two weeks are so important for evaluating. And if you do make the playoffs, you ha- you're going to bring everybody back. Because yeah. you now that regime has made the playoffs twice in three years and has a record mm-hmm. over 500 in the regular season. Um, and if you win a playoff game, you're definitely bringing everybody back. And I know there's the people out there that'll say, yeah, well, Bill O'Brien won a playoff game and he got fired. I don't know what to tell you. I, I just, I'm telling you, everyone's going to come back. If you make the playoffs, if you win a playoff game, which right now the bears will play the saints in the playoffs. If they make it, the bears went to overtime against the saints and lost by three. Right. So the NFC, there's a lot of playoff teams, the NFC who are beatable. Like, if, if you want to make a the run Packers in the Packers are beatable, and they're the number one seed. Yeah, if it, the Seahawks are down this year. Like, the Rams just got embarrassed by the Jets. It's like, about matchups. If, if, it's about matchups. If it's a year, any year where you want to just make the playoffs, it's an NFC team yeah. this year. Because the AFC is stacked. But the NFC, yeah, yeah you never know. So, yeah. All right, so we talked a lot I, about I that just, because yeah. Yeah. we wanted to emphasize that a lot, listeners, because we had some disagreements about it. Uh, and I still yeah. think we're probably not totally on the same page with it, which is fine. Um, right. But Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you agree to disagree. And I guess I would just finish the whole thing and just say, Bears fans, you should at this point, like, rooting against the team isn't going to help at this point. You know, like, just at, if you're a Bears fan, you just say, hey, I'd like to make the playoffs. I don't know if these guys are the answer long term or not. Um, I know they've been inconsistent, but I just like to get in the playoffs and see what happens. I have no problem with that. Like, yep. as a fan, you have no control. It's not like you're the one deciding whether these guys come back next year. So just enjoy the ride. Like, it's more so just a kind of a reality check almost, or like a check in to be like, hey, just kind of take a look right at like the way you're evaluating your team. And I same thing for like Michigan fans, like team fan bases that are very up and down game to game sometimes take a step back and just say how much can really change week to week you know um so that was just my yeah not even bears specifically just in general fan bases yeah yeah kind of just a thought all right so that was good do you have any thoughts on the lions they got blown out by the titans which i think we both expected and yeah derrick henry Um, murdered somebody yeah collected another body yeah he's a monster this is a lot like the Packers game last week and actually a little easier to stomach because it's not a rivalry team honestly and I have nothing against the Titans like it's a loss that I'm completely okay with because um the team played well I mean the final score was a big difference but the Lions were down six in the fourth quarter um so I mean played well for a lot of the game unfortunately fumbles you fumble twice lose a ball on both one fumble was when swift was lunging towards the end zone so it's like you left points on the field that game was closer than the final score looked and the titans are a really good team and a loss at this point is 
best case scenario for the Lions. So yeah. really, it's one of those things where it's like I saw some some good signs, and we're one loss closer to a better draft pick. At this point in the season, that's a win-win, yep. honestly. Um, Stafford continues to like, just a lot of respect to Stafford. <laughs> like, there's no reason for you to go out there and keep playing at this point. There's questions about whether you'll be back or not next year. This team is terrible. This is now like your fourth head coach you've played under uh, with the interim uh, bevel, and he just continues to go out there and give everything he has. And like, I just respect him for that. Um, there's a good chance he won't be on the team next year, but uh, I've always liked Stafford and. Um, just kind of gives you a reason to watch at this point um, because, I mean, we just talked about the Bears and there's tons of teams out there who uh, it's easy for Lions fans. It's like the only good thing the Lions have had for the last decade, but it's easy to take quarterback for granted yeah. because Stafford's been so solid for so long. So, um, nice. yeah. Well, I, I, I have no thoughts on the Lions because I didn't see any of the game. I didn't watch any highlights. I just saw the score. No. So. Yeah, and there's nothing else really to say. Like one interesting side note, Brandon Coombs, our special teams oh, coordinator, was this. fired today, yeah. which this was interesting. <laughs> he was like the one a lot of Lions fans are upset, right? Cuz he's the one coach on the staff who actually seems competent. The Lions special team were ranked like top 5 in the NFL for oh, wow. a lot of categories as far as like field position differential, uh -huh. um like kind of ability to create points, all these things like their punting game has been their punters, a pro bowler this year. Um, yeah. Their, their kicker, like just been solid. Someone. So it's just like, yeah, right. <laughs> like that's the classic joke, yeah. right? Like the punter is good. Cause he gets a lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I mean, it's funny cause he's the one coach on the team who seemingly has been doing his job, honestly, but he's fired because, and this just goes to show the culture problem. The lions call a fake punt. And apparently the special teams coordinator, Coombs, called this play and didn't run it by anybody. He didn't even tell <laughs> He didn't awesome. tell Bevel. <laughs> he didn't let anyone know. So then now Daryl Bevel, the interim head coach, fires him on Monday. Oh, um and the question is just like the, how is he even work? in a position to fire anybody? Like he's not even a real coach, you know? Yeah. Um but he I guess he ran it by the president, Rod Wood and He's like, yeah, go ahead. Did, did <laughs> and so, work? no, oh, okay. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of a questionable spot. You got like right up to the line to gain, but whatever. But whether it was a good play call or not, <laughs> just going rogue, calling yeah, a fake a little... punt and not telling anyone. I was like, how classic of a lion's way to get fired. Um, but really, honestly, like it's interesting because that whole dynamic of how's the bad is the culture. If he felt like you couldn't even tell his head coach, he was about to do this. And, he's fired when he's yeah been doing well this year but really the lions are at a point where you got a clean house and there's a good chance he's going to get better coaching offers from other teams because of his performance so it's like it's it's not a big story in the end like it, it's not like a super significant event yeah. but it is just kind of a funny thing to come out of the game so wow. aside from that though no that's basically it well one more nfl note before because we still have a couple more big topics to talk about um but we're watching the Monday Night Football game right now, and Ryan Finley had a 20-yard touchdown run, and the Bengals are leading 24 to 10. And there are 11 minutes left in the game. Over the Steelers. Yep. Yikes. So Ryan Finley is the huh. name of the quarterback for the Bengals. Okay, there you go. 
<laughs> because it would totally make sense, listeners, if you don't have any clue who he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You are a normal. We person don't either. You don't know who right. Ryan Finley. Oh, Ryan Finley, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's household name. Let's move on to a sport we haven't talked about for a long time now yeah. on this show, and that is the NHL. Uh, we had got an approved schedule with new divisions um, for an official. It's kind of funny. They're calling it the 2020-2021 regular season when the whole season will take place in 2021. Um, that is funny. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Just so it, the stats look the same 10 yeah. years from now. Can you look this yeah. up for me? When is the start date? I know that there are 50. It's going to be a 56-game season, so... Just slightly more than half the normal amount of games they play. League targeting January 1st. Are they really? Oh, Pushed it back from December 1st. Appears in 10 on January. This was written, though, in November okay. 19th. I don't know if that's... They true. have to have something more recent because they yeah. just were talking about this. When the schedule was released, they almost had to have announced... They did release the schedule, right? Um, I don't remember if they released I the schedule. They, were... I think they just released a... A start date, which was I think okay, it was right. like in the tw- like January twenty sixth or something. January thirteenth and on May eighth. Okay, that sounds more right. So, okay, well, still that's pretty quick. Oh yeah, it's a huge turnaround. Um, less than a month. It, it seems fast because we were just notified of this. Um, I'm sure the players and teams and everything have been aware that this was coming yeah. down the pipeline. So it's not like. It's don't don't take this as oh my word they haven't told these players and coaches until just now. Obviously we're the public we're the last to know. So, um, but yeah I mean that's exciting for us we get to watch hockey here in a couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But what I think what we are you and I are both most excited about is they've put together these divisions they're going to play in and I don't even yep. know all the standard like I don't know if they're trying to do. I don't know if they reconfigured this because they're trying to limit travel. Is that the reason? I would imagine because it's geographically based, especially because you have all the Canadian teams in the same division, which I would assume is to restrict travel over the border as much as you can. Um, well, yeah, because that's been a, that's been a problem for like the blue Jays and the Raptors. So, because if you cross, national lines i think you're quarantined for depending which country you're leaving and entering quarantined for several weeks so so uh yeah yeah so this this must be don't this will be just for this season i think um although well you'll see why in a second i would be fine if this was the way it was forever um (laughs) i honestly would too (laughs) but the blackhawks and the red wings are back in the same division um which Will hopefully, you know, they're both not very good teams right now, but hopefully it can still reunite a little bit of that uh, old rivalry, the Wings Hawks rivalry. Um, and presumably, if you're playing only teams within your division, you're going to play Detroit and Chicago are going to play each other multiple times. Um, like more than just twice. If they allow fans, maybe there's a chance we go to a game later in the season too so and even yeah just in general this is a rivalry that hockey's better when you have this oh yeah so last year uh the past few years when ever since they reconfigured things and they put detroit in the east um yeah the hawks would play detroit twice they'd play once at home and once away and Mm -hmm. i would assume in these divisions even though it's only 56 games 
How many teams are in a division? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So that's seven teams. Yeah, so you're playing. You only play your own division, right? Yeah, and so 56 divided by seven is eight, right? Yeah. So you're playing each team eight times, probably. Seven times. Well, there's. Oh, seven teams, not including your own. Yeah. So eight. Yeah. That's amazing. If we have eight. So probably two, three games here. If we have eight wings, series, okay. Hawks games, I'm down for yeah. that. For sure. Yeah. So the other the other teams in the Central will be the Carolina Hurricanes, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Dallas Stars, Florida Panthers, Nashville Predators, and Tampa Bay Lightning. As a Blackhawks fan, I'm excited to have the Lightning and the Predators in that division. Um, the Stars too. The stars. They're a solid team and a little bit of a rivalry you could get there. Yeah. For me, it's more Tam- uh, Tampa Bay and Nashville have kind of been Hawks rivals in the yeah. past decade. Um, so it's fun to have them still there. You lose the wild. I do wish the blues. You lose the blues, yeah. Yeah, I wish the blues were in the division, um, honestly. Yeah, but I'm also excited about the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes have been a good, exciting young team. Yeah. So I think yep. that could be fun. So mm-hmm. what other division are you most intrigued by? Well, honestly, obviously the Canadian division is interesting just because for a long time, like, that's been something people have kind of talked about that people have thought it would be cool. And honestly, this year, I mean, who's the best team there? Vancouver, probably. Um, like, there's not a lot of good Canadian Edmonton, teams this year. Yeah. Connor McDavid, yeah. Um So, I don't know. It. I think it'll be a pretty competitive division. Yeah. And uh, the East is pretty tough. Yeah, the East is what, I, what my eyes went to. Because you have the Caps, the Boston. Penguins, the Flyers, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils. Devils were playing the team, yeah. Sabers and the Bruins. Like most, they're really all solid teams except the Rangers and Islanders. <laughs> I mean, the Rangers are, were. Are the Sabers team. good? And the Islanders were. Uh oh, that's true, Buffalo. Yeah, but I don't know. The point is, is that that division is stacked, and that one will be get you some really good games. And yeah. I mean, even the West, like to have St. Louis and Vegas in there. That's huge. Like those are some really good teams. Colorado was a lot better this past year. Um, San Jose is supposed to be a little better yeah. this year, maybe. I think. I mean, it's definitely not as good as the East is. Yeah. But yeah. I would. I honestly I'm trying to think here. Would you say the the division the Hawks and Wings are in is the weakest, or is it the Canadian division? I think it's tougher. Th- uh. Well, the Canadian division has one less team, too. True. So I'd almost, like, keep that out separately. Like, if you're just looking at the West, Central, and East, I'd say... <sighs> I think the Central might be tougher than the West. Yeah. Because Carolina... I mean, say, like, Tampa Bay, Nashville, St. Louis, Vegas. Kind of cancel those out on each side. I think then Carolina and Dallas are better than the other... The top two on the West would be. Okay. Which would be, what, San Jose and... Colorado maybe but I think Carolina and Dallas are two solid teams still it's interesting because even though we both said the east is stacked the central and the west well who did who did Vegas okay Vegas played the Capitals right and the blue in the Stanley Cup and who did the blues play in the Stanley Cup like last year, you're saying? Two years ago, when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, who did they play? Uh, who was it? 
Um, let me they see. Play, like, they the... play like Was it Boston? No, no, no. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm just looking at pictures. <laughs> uh, twenty. So it was 2018. Uh, I think it was technically the 2019 Stanley Cup. Blues beat the Bruins. Yeah, so it was Boston. Okay, so what's interesting is that the West, Central, and East then each have two recent Stanley Cup teams. Because you have the Blues and the Golden Knights in the West. The Central, you have the Stars in Tampa Bay who just played a Stanley Cup against each other. And then, Which is interesting. Yeah, and yeah. then in the East, you have the Bruins and the Capitals. So, Tampa Bay, the team everyone's going to forget, just won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> so no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. I, obviously, the main reason, even though these are like the, were the worst two teams in the division, probably, yeah. Detroit and Chicago. Detroit's definitely going to be last in this division. Um, but it gives... It's just exciting, and it's more reason to watch, and it gives us more to talk about, and gives us something to root for. You know, it's just it's gonna be fun. You know what I kind of want to see happen? I kind of want to see the NFC Championship game be the Rams versus the Buccaneers, and the Rams beat the Buccaneers, just so that it's another LA team that beats a Florida team and knocks them out. (laughs) Because then you'd have that'd be every sport. You'd have the Lakers beating the Dodgers and the Dodgers beating. The Rays. So the hockey would be the only one that didn't that didn't happen. <laughs> oh man! All right. So we're excited about that. We'll have more details as the schedule gets released and everything. But for now, you can yep. look forward to you know what three weeks and we have hockey, um, and we have wow. the Hawks and the Wings back in the division. That's what we're most excited about. And this is all official at this point. So. Yep. Um, but last thing is, is that the NBA season starts uh, today. When you're listening to this episode, there are official NBA games happening. Um, who do we have playing today? Do we know? I mean, we do know. I just haven't looked. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> about the NBA, but I haven't looked. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell how excited we are. So this is uh, you have Warriors Nets. Is that right? Yeah, that is. Is that the first game of the season? December 22nd. Let's see. Yeah, Warriors Nets and then Clippers Lakers. I'd say those are good a good matchup. I mean cuz the Nets you you They're, have Durant oh, back. Yeah. You have Durant back. You want to see Curry back yeah. for the Warriors and then Clippers Lakers obviously. And Warriors <laughs> had the second overall pick, James Wiseman, so that'll be interesting too. Yep. The Warriors are going to be a very interesting team all year. I mean, it sucks that uh, Clay Thompson was injured, but it's just crazy, too. Everyone's saying, oh, this is going to be Steph's year to prove it, prove he's a superstar by himself. Like, he has nothing left to prove at this point. He's a great player. <laughs> but yep. uh, one of the best so I don't feel like this ever, if not the best. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, let's see if he can prove it. Like, you know, he's a Hall of Fame, multiple championship winning all-time yep. great point guard but okay let's see if he can prove it but but anyway uh like it, he's gonna put up crazy stats this year without clay thompson um so yeah that's gonna be exciting nets like basketball is just better when kevin durant plays yeah. um and the nets are a very interesting team this year obviously so yeah yeah and kevin durant now in the east so we'll see how that yep changes because last year it was like 
you know, last year it's Bucks, Boston, and Toronto. Philadelphia kind of there on the fringe. Uh, and then the Heat came, kind of came out of nowhere. But this year, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. the Nets now are in that mix. I'd kick Philly out, frankly. And your top four, you're looking at yeah, Bucks. I would too. I would say Bucks, Heat, Celtics, and Nets. And I would kick yeah. Philly and T- I'd probably, Toronto down. And I think the Bucks and the Heat might both be a step below the Nets. The Nets yeah. and the. Uh, I'd, I'd put the Nets and Celtics both kind of at 1A and 1B. Really? You put probably the Celtics Celt- I'd probably high? favor. I'd probably favor the Celtics to win the division, honestly. I don't know. I've always been high on them. Yeah, the, the conference. I don't know. It'll Maybe be interesting. I, I would love to see a Nets. If, if the Lakers are going to be in the finals, I'd love to see a Nets-Lakers finals. Kyrie Kevin Durant against AD. Yeah, Kyrie, LeBron back. You have KD and AD. Like, how do they match up? It, that would be a fire oh, finals. Yeah, that'd be great. It's <sighs> just so exciting to talk it's pretty realistic. basketball like this. Yeah. yeah. It'd be, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're still kind of putting some things in the works for our show, The Scorecast. Uh, our weeks of picking football yep. games are waning, um, but we're hoping... Sad. Yeah, we're hoping that we'll be able to figure out... Uh, we, we all don't have the availability yet to uh, be picking basketball games on the daily on a live show. So we're hoping to yeah. figure out how we can figure that out. So definitely stay tuned for that information and watch that show that's on Wednesdays at 9 live on sportscaster that's an app you can download um it's also on our facebook and twitter and youtube pages uh that we can follow us on twitter at shoot your wait what is syss scorecast um so that's been a lot of fun check that out on wednesday and with that let's take a quick break christmas break Hey everyone, uh, so before we get into our segments, we wanted to remind you uh, about our new sponsor, PointsBet. It is America's fastest growing online bookmaker and you want to be sure to sign up ASAP because this is a really fun uh, betting site. Um, for example, one of the things that I love about it is that if you bet the over on a team, so let's say, um, so for example, tonight, the Steelers are favored over the Bengals by 13. And let's say, like Man Michigan Hat, you choose to bet Pittsburgh. Um, and let's say, hypothetically, because this is not going to happen based on tonight's game, Pittsburgh wins by 20. Those seven extra points, you actually become a multiplier, and you get to win more money based on the additional points that are scored. Uh, conversely, you would lose more money by the points that are not scored against the spread. So it's a really cool site that way. Um, And the best part is that you can use our promo code frustrate. And right now points bet will match you up to $250 on your first deposit. So you don't have to deposit 250 it's tiered deposit bonus. You can start at 50 and if you deposit 50, they'll give you 150 to bet with you deposit 150. They'll give you 300 if you deposit two fifty, they'll give you, you'll get five hundred. All right, so they, they match you all the way up to two fifty with a minimum of fifty. It's a great, great promo. So please take advantage of that. Again, our code is frustrate. You can get the app at the points. You can get the points bet app from the iOS App Store, Google Play Store, or www.pointsbet.com. 
Uh, at the moment, this is only available in Illinois, New Jersey, and Iowa. You must be 21 or older. It's void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to the show. And it's time for some segments, special Christmas edition version of our segments. Uh, and the first up is an old favorite with a new twist, Draft Days. In this old. segment, we we still do that no. somewhat semi-regularly. Yeah, I guess just like a classic segment <laughs> yeah. or one that's been around for a while. Like Christmas yeah. itself. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> In this segment... We build the best roster we can from a draft class of any topic, sports or not. Debate and discussion, as always, will ensue. But with today's draft, we'll be selecting our five least favorite things to get for Christmas. These are a few of my least favorite things. I love that song. <laughs> um, least favorite Christmas presents. And okay, so quick are caveat: Does this need to be something? Seventeen also. At one point, I was. <laughs> I think we're all 16 going on 17, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a state of mind. Um, so, does this need to be something we've actually got as a gift before? Or, a, like, a hypothetical that we could get? I was kind of going off of hypothetical, but it could, I mean... Okay. If you... Like, a realistic thing you could get, but you don't need to have actually got it but I was thinking about this, um, I was driving home from my parents, and I was thinking about this, and, like, one example that I'm going to share is one that i did receive but not everything okay. that i'm going to say is something that i've received personally but it needs to be like a realistic gift like you can't like an ied like <laughs> obviously you could think of anything but i received like an a actual disease for <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> herpes merry christmas yeah, yeah. no like something <laughs> All right. something people would actually give you for a gift something people would give you thinking that they're being generous or being nice like it's okay. not something given to you with ill will it's not a white elephant gift it's like <laughs> okay. gotcha. a gift they're actually wanting to give you because they love you mm -hmm. um but you think it sucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, but you don't love them anymore so okay <laughs> I, I really don't even know if we need to fill up a coin but let's just do it for old time's sake uh all right let's do it yeah we should spin a dreidel or something instead, <laughs> since it's like... It's kind of like a lot of traditions in, with, like, the Christmas holidays. Like, I really don't think we need to do that anymore. We're in 2020, but, you know, it's tradition's sake, so let's do it. Like, that makes car sense. Yeah. caroling door-to-door -door or doing, like, <laughs> candlelight services at church. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't really need that because it's 2020, but, you know. It's Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas. We should celebrate like it's 1800. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Minus the starvation. <laughs> All right, you want heads or tails? I will. T I think I took tails last time and it didn't work out, so I'm gonna go heads. And it is heads, so it did All work right. out this time. So you're picking first. Yes, I am. And my first one. And technically, we can do trades, but we haven't done a trade in like months. So <laughs> yeah, and the way we've been selecting lately, I don't really feel like trading. I mean, no. Because, um, I mean, yeah, with this one, it's so wide open that this it's not is like there's more, a couple clear To be options. honest, listeners, this is basically a list that we're making, Yeah, but we're fitting it into our segment draft days. 
There you go. In any case, <laughs> with my first, with the first pick of the five least favorite things to get for Christmas draft, mm-hmm. I am selecting, and you might react to this poorly, but I'm going to give an explanation. I am selecting tools. Tools. All right. Okay. So the reason I'm stating this, and some of you might be thinking, but you're a guy and you stated how you're a husband and a father. You need tools. It's helpful. Yeah. Are you even a man? (laughs) Don't you love the smell of sawdust at the Home Depot? Right. (laughs) Like, here's the thing. Because tools are a necessity, it's like most of the time I already have the crucial ones I need anyway. And yep. Um, it's if not, you go get it the day you need. Yeah, it, right? exactly, exactly. Like <laughs> right. now, when I say tools, I'm not meaning like a special appliance. If I'm if I'm like, man, I really want yeah. an electric sander or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's more yep. of an appliance to me. That would be a cool gift. But if mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I bought you this ratchet set. Thank, thank you. Oh. Or like a generic, like, I got you a toolbox. It comes with a hammer and two screwdrivers. <laughs> like, oh, boy, am I 12? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, not at all specific so for something other, you actually want. The, right? the other reason I say this, and mom and dad, if you're listening, <laughs> um, <laughs> there were two Christmases in a row. When I was in high school, that I was gifted, one, a big screwdriver set. It had like tons of, it had, you know, Phillips and flathead. And then it had a bunch of different like sizes of all of them. Yep. So I got a kit of all those. And then another Christmas, I got a ratchet set, which I just made fun of. <laughs> now, right. as a kid, this was even more frustrating because I'm in high school, remember? And I get this. Yeah. And I remember getting the screwdriver set that was the one i got first i'm looking at my mom being like like you know you're supposed to say thank you but you're just like why did you give me this like <laughs> <and> <laughs> ratchet said that'll be really nice for the car i don't have yet <laughs> <laughs> and her response was well kyle we figure that one day you'll be married and have your own house and you'd like to have it'd be helpful to have these tools now so you don't have to buy them later and it was like, like I mean, I, I get it. I get the sentiment behind it, but yeah. yeah. So lo and behold, I do use my ratchet set and screwdriver set regularly, <laughs> but <Right. laughs> it's still not an awesome Christmas gift to receive. Right. Eventually I'll need to use a retirement plan, but I'd prefer to not get a <laughs> retirement plan for Christmas when I'm 12. That was like, that's like as a kid too, when, and again, yeah. you know, I really appreciate it. But as a kid, when my grandpa would give me savings bonds, I... <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh boy! <laughs> oh, those pieces of paper with the American flag. What is? What does it Let mean? Let me put this in my safe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh. Let me call my broker and see what we can do with this here. <laughs> Or maybe I'll just put it in my shoebox like everything else with the action figures I actually wanted. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so that's, that's my... What is your first selection? <laughs> I actually thought about bonds, like <laughs> stocks or bonds. <laughs> as a, um, um, I'm going to go... Okay, so like the stereotypical one of like, oh, I got socks or underwear yeah, as a kid. Yep. 
now I actually ask for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because I, know. I struggle to think of anything else. And it's nice because I never have to buy socks because I'm still wearing last winter's socks. They're all worn through and I'm about to get new ones. So like, it's perfect. Do you ever make your family but, uncomfortable with like the type of underwear you, you request? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll get it. And I'll be like, sweet. Let me try it on. I'll put it on over my pants and like nice. walk around the living room, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just make Do you ever ask for like a male like... G-string? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Something really lacy. <laughs> Something handle-like. <laughs> right. No, that's a good idea. Um, I'm going to go... I like tools. That's a good answer. Is this worse now or worse as a kid? I'm thinking like I could go either direction. Um, and that's just it. I think you could... I think you could justify it, like, either way, yeah. you know? Um, I'm going to go... I mean, like, cash and gift cards are considered, like, unthoughtful gifts, but I always like that. Yeah. I'm really pretty easy to please. I think I'm going to go more direct, like, as a kid, stuff I didn't like, just because there I was a lot more... I don't know. This is going to be kind of vague, but like repeat gifts or stuff you already have uh, um so i how would i describe that like duplicates or things you already have um so basically there's a couple ways this can go either you get two of the same thing at christmas and then it's awkward because the second person who gave it to you the whole time they know crap he's about to open the same thing for yeah. me and then you have to be, pretend it's okay yeah. and then you just feel awkward because you know they feel awkward like that's the worst case scenario but also the whole, I already have this, but they don't know I have it. Like as a kid, I, I have this PlayStation game. I get the exact same game I got like a week ago from somebody else. And it's like, oh, like as a kid, you're just not great at acting. Yeah. You're like, cool, thanks. Yeah. I'm like, and maybe they can't tell, but it always just feels so awkward. Well, and the, like, best is when, the best is when there's some kids who are like, now I have two of these. <laughs> <laughs> just come right out and say yeah. it. Some kid, oh boy, yeah. a second game, Monopoly game, <laughs> right? Yeah, because some kids are so are so blunt. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh well, That's this funny. is newer than my other one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh man, that's right. a good answer. I like that. It's interesting right. you brought up like socks and underwear because I was kind of thinking that too. Um, yeah. So this is going to be a little strange, but okay. where I'm going to go here is condoms. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that would be a little weird to get for some, from someone for Christmas. That's not your significant other. Right. <laughs> just one of your friends. Um, no. Open box. Half <laughs> these well, these didn't fit me right. You can you try them on. <laughs> The receipts in the box if they don't fit. <laughs> exchange it. Um, <laughs> Go to the store. Do you have a fitting room? <laughs> uh, but speaking of science, um, where I'm going with this is science kits. Okay? That's a really good answer. So I have yeah. this... We, we used to do a cousin grab bag where it's like... Because I had a lot of cousins, so you'd pick a name 
And I had this one cousin who, you know, and when you're kids, your parents are buying the gift and then you're just the one giving it to them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had this, whenever I would get included, whenever I would be selected by this one cousin, my aunt and uncle would always give out a science kit. Like you'd either get like, you know, the whole volcano thing with the baking soda and the vinegar, you know, that one. Mm-hmm. Or you'd get like, one time I got this like, what, what it was like a, a, a shark model where I could like put it together and it'd be like, you could see like the inside anatomy of a shark. Just like stuff yeah. that I really don't care to know like, right. at all. Solar and what made it worse to kind of bounce off of yeah. yours I got that from them for Christmas, and then my birthday's in March. Later in March, I got the same gift from them for my birthday. <laughs> oh, it was like, Classic. yeah, it was like, yeah, I have a February birthday, and yeah, it's, yeah, I can really. But it's kind of like, again, like, thank you so much. Yeah. Now I have two shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. One for school and one for home. Yeah. So just right. science kits is what I'm going to call it. I'm glad you That's approved that as a good one. Yeah, I like that one. Um, Did you ever get anything like that? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like the little volcanoes with baking soda, like those kind of like just like yeah. project kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and this one you can make a, a cave that has actual <laughs> stalagmites and stalactites. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or like a mini planetarium, yeah. like. <laughs> like I could see the box in my head yeah. <laughs> of what it looks like when yeah. you open it. <laughs> like the National Geographic kind of. They bought them from like a Michael's craft store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Right. <laughs> um, hmm. Because we're actually sponsored by Hobby Lobby. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm going to go. <sighs> okay, so this one is something that could be cool if you're into it but i'm gonna go like pencils and notebooks like art supplies kind of stuff um if you're like i agree with that that's the same if you're somebody who likes sketching and you're like you get a set of really nice quality like graphite pencils like cool but if it if you're not a kid who's specifically into art it's the kind of thing you get from like aunts and uncles where it's like which is understandable like a cheaper kind of gift but it's like i oh, just give them a spiral bound notebook and some colored pencils i'm like let his imagination I don't know. do the rest <laughs> yeah it's just like a very underwhelming oh, gift. Yeah. like it's not a bad gift it's just a it's kind of a bad gift, gift. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so i'm gonna say pencils <laughs> yeah both of those both of ours that we just listed are like it really is dependent on the person and i guess for me right. it almost felt like my i was never super close with my cousins or aunt and uncles and sometimes with those things it kind of felt like oh kyle's homeschooled he must like science like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of a, a kind of gift where it's like if you have an interest in that exact thing it's cool if you don't then it's kind of an afterthought gift like kids like this right you know <laughs> so, yeah, yeah exactly hmm. all right um oh man i feel like we've already ran through a lot like a lot of the best ones, to be honest. Um, yeah. All right. <clears throat> so here's the deal. You mentioned gift cards as like something that's seen as like an, an unthoughtful gift. It's also 
not as fun to give a gift card to somebody because the reaction mm -hmm. of a gift card is they look down at the card that the gift card is in. They'll be like, cool, put it in their wallet. Thank you. And yeah. you move on. <laughs> or they do the whole like, ooh, Red Robin. Yeah. It's like, oh, that sounds yum. good. And then that's it. Like, <laughs> Red Robin, yum. <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> not a sponsor. Um, but for me, and again, this is not like, I don't, I would gladly welcome this. Like, I would take this as a gift, but I'm not going to like, it's not something I'm super thrilled to receive. And that is okay. a gift card to a gas station. Oh, gotcha. So a gas gift card. That's... So like, it's nice because it's yeah, like, cool, $15 free of gas for me. Yeah. And it's nice, but it's like, this is really unexciting in every way. Like at least a Taco Bell gift card. I can be like, oh, I can go treat myself to a Chalupa or whatever. This Something you wouldn't have to get. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Same thing as like, if you were to get like a grocery store gift card, like... Yeah. Okay, thank you for this Aldi gift card. I, I'm already going to buy groceries anyway, and I guess it's helpful, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like giving somebody cash, but saying you're only allowed to use that cash on bills or on <laughs> yeah, yeah. fun things. I bought you a Nycor gas anyway. gift card. <laughs> right, yes. Here's a gift card to the. like, wow, this is unplanned money. I'm going to go into the gas station and buy a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Here, you can only use it on things you were gonna have to yeah. get anyway. Here's a gift That's card a good, to the city yeah, yeah. public water and works. You can <laughs> pay your water bill with it. Oh boy, waste <laughs> management. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, and you can even I mean, gift cards get kind of bad reputation as being an unthoughtful gift but if you intentionally give them a gift card to a place that they like but wouldn't normally spend the money to go like it can be a good gift yep but yeah like you said if you're giving it to somewhere that they're probably just gonna have to go anyway then it's yeah not a great gift <laughs> i'm definitely like, by the way gift. everyone i'm definitely not posting this poll on social media because i don't want any of my family to read this <laughs> well especially because the one i'm gonna say is something i think i get like every year next <laughs> yes and that is candles oh yes okay so let me just say up front that's a classic i like candles they smell good having a house like it's just cool to have a yeah. candle the only and it's not an unthoughtful gift the only problem is they're such a common gift to get and it's literally impossible to use up candles fast enough for how quickly you get them so i looked in our closet today because we got some more candles this christmas and we've only we've only done christmas with one side of the family but we've got like nine candles oh, and like the the big yankee candle sized ones and it's just like firstly they're expensive and secondly like we maybe burn through half a candle a year right. worth of candles. Like, well, and a lot and of times it's seasonal too, right? Like, oh, the yeah. summer breeze one is awesome for the spring and summer, but when I get into fall, I want to switch to like an apple or pumpkin-y or like yeah. autumn-smelling one. And then Christmas, you what happens is and... you get all your candles around Christmas, so all your candles are Christmas scents. <laughs> and I'm like, so now I've got... 10 candles that are like pumpkin, sugar cookie, yeah. butter cookie, <laughs> law, yule log, and I either burn that all year or now I only burn candles at Christmas, which means I never get through all these candles. So it's not a terrible gift, but it's just 
given way more often than it should be. You so know? it's like if everybody gave each other like, um, like furnace vents. I'm like, okay, cool, but you know you use one of these a year, and I just got twelve of them, right? right. Like, it's the kind of thing where you have to have a realistic look at like how how much are people burning candles to gift them this often? <laughs> so that's why it's on my list. The Bengals did win. Wow. Final score here. Hmm. Twenty-seven to seventeen. Closer than I thought it'd be. But when the Bengal or when the Steelers are favored by fourteen points, yeah. yeah, not great. All right, so this next one is kind of inspired by what you just said about candles. <clears throat> okay. And that is when you receive anything that is Christmas themed at Christmas. Okay. And like a tree skirt. <laughs> not like that. Like okay. I'm saying like if you get a like a Christmas t-shirt, you know, like oh I got a Clark Griswold t-shirt or oh here's an ugly sweater or here's a Christmas hat or um so like I guess like Christmas apparel, Christmas socks, uh Christmas pajamas. The reason okay. those suck to get as a Christmas gift is because Christmas is about to be over. <laughs> Why am I going to wear this past Christmas? Now I have to wait an entire year before I can even take advantage of this gift you gave me. Okay, one that's really true with that is ornaments. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a very common thing. And it's like, well, now you, I take my Christmas tree down in a week. My Christmas tree's been up for the last month. That would have been a great time to have an ornament. Right. Like, <laughs> that's funny. I like that. But you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. certain, like, yep. there's certain, like, it's, it's, I like the idea because it fits into the theme and it's like, it's something you can use every holiday in the future, right? Mm -hmm. But again, like, uh, you give me a Christmas t-shirt, sorry, I'm not wearing that until next, like, after Thanksgiving. And, like, especially for, like, us that are married and stuff, so, like, yeah. for me, we're not going to do Christmas with my in-laws until the 26th. Christmas will really be over, and if I get a Christmas-themed gift on the day after Christmas, I'm never like that's not gonna go on my body until I'm like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> right, right. that's that's a really good answer. Thank you. And it's a common thing people give. Yeah. So, yeah. What should I give for Christmas? Oh, what about this Christmas shirt for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> You get it. You can't even put it on that day, and you're not going to wear it the next yeah, day. Yeah. Like well, I've already changed clothes. We already drove over yeah. here. We've already opened yeah. our gifts and ate. Like we ate dinner. Opening gifts is the last thing we're doing, and now you give me this the last moment. This will be great when I use it for the first time in one year. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Who knows yeah, how much weight I'll lose or gain by then? This may not even fit me. <laughs> I may never wear this shirt. Once. <laughs> I like it. Um, okay. As we've been talking, I've actually thought... At first, I was struggling to think of answers. Now, I'm, like, running out of space to list all the ones I want to list. <laughs> um, okay, this one I'm going to list is a bathrobe. <laughs> um, it's I've not a super common thing. That, I but... never have either. But it's... <laughs> I know that people... I know people who do get them. Um, and it's just, like, firstly, who wears bathrobes? <laughs> like, my Hugh Hefner... And that's about it. Like my, Hugh Hefner and my grandma yeah, right. are the only people I know of who wear bathrooms. <laughs> and uh, like, unless you're a billionaire or a pervert or both, 
Like I have no need for a bathrobe. And like those silky you already black have... bathrobes. <laughs> right. The other thing is if you already own a bathrobe, you never need another one again. <laughs> it's not like, oh man, my bathrobe's in the laundry. I have to use my second bathrobe. Like how many are you going through, you know? So it's one of those things once you have one, you don't need one again. So if somebody is a bathrobe person, that means they already have one. There's no reason to get them one. If they're not, then don't get them a bathrobe because they don't want a bathrobe. <laughs> like, it seems like it's a very, it's a clear split through society of bathrobe people and non-bathrobe yep. people. Yep. And there's no reason to give one as a gift because by then they've already decided which they are. So, yeah. That's a good answer. I like that. Well, for my final one, and I was trying to think of how I could be more specific with this, but it's going to be kind of similar to your first answer. So you said like duplicate gifts. It is one okay. of the worst things to get. Oh, another thing yeah. that's one of the worst things to get is the off-brand or generic version <laughs> of what you ask for. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, like, one year when I asked for Legos and I got Mega Blocks. Like, thank you, but these Mega Blocks don't work with Legos. They literally don't. They're made to not work together. <laughs> like, I know it looks like... The only like, pain like, worse... The only pain worse than stepping on a Lego is stepping on a Mega Block, because then you have the same pain plus the feeling of knowing your parents don't love you <laughs> or that you're enough poor. to get you Legos. Yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, they just don't fit with actual. Uh, the other one that's like that is like you ask for crayons, and instead of Crayola, you get rose art crayons. Rose. I'm like, oh, thanks for the candles I get to draw with. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> the wax or like list. I I don't really I was never really big into this but like for I could like for kids that are into like GI Joes you get instead of a GI Joe you get like a different military action figure like, like the Dollar General yeah, version of yeah <laughs> right. or, and and people have this thought they'll be like man all right so I have a thirty dollar budget I already spent you know twenty five dollars and I have five dollars left. Well, they said this one thing. Maybe I'll go find the cheaper version and give them that. I would rather you, just you didn't get me that. I'd rather you give me a $5 gift card to Target so I can go find the real one that I want instead of yep. getting me the off-brand version that I'm going to throw away or donate. It's literally <laughs> worthless. <laughs> so, and that yeah. one specifically as a kid. Like, when you would ask for... Yeah, for sure. When you'd ask for a specific... Especially if you asked for a specific brand people like i want this specific toy it has this name it's made by hasbro or whatever like <laughs> this is the one i want and then they deliver oh well here's the great value brand <laughs> yep so yeah toys are one thing like if you change the brand because things just aren't compatible yeah like that's something i hope i remember when i'm like an aunt and uncle <laughs> and giving kids stuff it's like because it seems like at some point in your adult life, people just forget that there's a difference. Yeah. So well, yeah, even as really even like for us that. as parents, like right now, our kids are young enough that any toy to them is exciting. Yeah. Um, and right. that a brand name doesn't really bother them very much. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, when they get older, they're gonna be like, "I want this specific thing." And it's actually funny because mm -hmm. now, as an adult, <clears throat> I've almost gotten to the opposite point in my life. Like, I. <laughs> This year, I really need a new pair of indoor-outdoor slippers, and mm -hmm. I also need a new pair of 
Bluetooth earbuds. Or actually, I just need a pair. I don't have. Yeah. I don't have a pair, so I need. A, I would yep. like a pair. And so, my mom asked for clarification on those when I put because I put like links on my wish list that I sent to her, and mm -hmm. she was like, "Kyle, the link to the the slippers expired." And I was. Okay. I told my mom. I was like, "Mom, I I really." It doesn't need to be that specific slipper. I sent that link as like a general direction. Template. Yeah, like go for something like this. Make sure, like, I want indoor slash outdoor sneaker or slippers because they have the bit better treads. Like, do a brown or a black or a gray. Like, that's what I'm looking for. But I don't really care where you get it from. And then, like, that. Yeah, it depends on the thing. And, like, as an adult, it's different. Too. And for the, earbud the earbuds, I was like, Mom, I understand AirPods are, like, way out of your price range that you're hoping to aim for me. So, mm -hmm. like, obviously, AirPods are what I'd like. But since that's out of the question, I really don't care what the Bluetooth earbuds are. Just, yep. you know, I would like the a pair I always use is like nine ninety nine, and they last me two years nice. before they break, and then I buy a new one. I think the ones so. I requested were Skull Candies, which I like, and yep, those, are those good. I think it was like thirty dollars. So I'm hoping I get yep. something like that. Anyway, nice. Right. Yeah, so it's funny because like as a kid, you're like, oh, I got the off-brand GI Joe, but as an right. adult, it's like, I don't exactly care. I want what's practical and isn't going to break the bank for you. Yeah. As an adult, you start to feel guilty about what other people spend on you. As a kid, there's yeah, no guilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing's worse as a kid. You ask for a Nerf gun for Christmas, and you get one of those motorized foam disc shooters. <laughs> and they're like, what? It's the same thing. <laughs> or like the foam ball things, too. Yeah. yeah. All your friends have Nerf guns, and you're just like... Like shooting those little discs. <laughs> the, those discs. Thanks a lot. Those discs you lose so easily compared to nerf guns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I like that. Okay, so I'll close it out. I think this is one. Uh, it seems pretty common, especially as an adult, and um, to me has always just seemed kind of like a low effort gift, and that is picture frames. <laughs> Okay, that's, so that's it, like not only Christmas, that's also like, um, like a, a <clears throat> bridal shower, baby shower, yep. wedding gift, wedding, um, yep. and even like anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, all of those. It's like here's a picture frame to capture your memories. Well, here's the exception. Like if you get put something really cool together, like yeah. you give them like a special frame that has like your name on it and you it already has the picture that you specifically picked out inside the frame like that can be cool you know like but to just get someone an empty picture frame that has the most bland cookie cutter like template of a family in there and be like hey this is so you can put, yeah put your memories on the wall i'm like you put no effort into yeah, this. I you all went to work. Walmart and got a twelve dollar picture frame, and now, yeah, I have to finish my own gift. Like, <laughs> I have to. I it, have to order yeah. the prints from Walgreens. I have to go pick them up. I have to then put the prints that I ordered and cut them to fit the frame right. I have to put them in the right. frame. I have to undo the things on the back. Then I have to put a nail on my wall to then put the frame yeah. up. And it's the wrong order because unless you're a psychopath, the way you should do this is print out a picture you like to a size you like and then find a frame that fits <laughs> right. it. You don't find a frame and then be like, now I have to find a picture of me that's 9 by 12. 
Like, are you a lunatic? Dude, like, find a picture you want on your wall. That 100% happened for... We got, like... I think it was either a bridal shower or a wedding shower. Or, like, a wedding gift. We got a picture frame. One of those ones is, like, a collage where there's, like, several. Like, three in of them or yeah, whatever. We've yeah. never used it. And the reason is because <laughs> there are... Not one, but like two or three pictures in there that call for a three by three size, which first of all is like <laughs> super small. And second of all is yeah. like, nobody prints pictures that big. And any picture right. that I can print that I can then crop to fit isn't gonna look like anything. It's gonna be like our two faces and that's it. Like no background, no right. body is just like two faces. It's like, is that what I want in my frame? And I have to find three of those to put in this collage. <laughs> Because then you end up desperately looking for pictures that you didn't even want on your wall. Yeah, yeah. You just find them because they fit the frame <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. It's like, that is no way to decorate a home. That is no way to live. That is no way to give Christmas presents. Oh, man. That's a great one to end it. So, uh, just to recap, my f- top five least favorite gifts to receive at Christmas are tools, science kits, <laughs> a gas station gift card, Christmas-themed gifts an off-brand or generic version of the original gift you asked for so far this is just sounding like honestly kind of what i expect a lot of christmases (laughs) (laughs) this is like the generic midwest christmas (laughs) get all the cousins together and give each other yeah um duplicate gifts you already have (laughs) pencils and notebooks candles maybe a nice bathrobe and round it out with some picture frames. Now, I'll, I'll throw in an honorable mention. Okay. And I know this because there was a time when I was in, like, probably high school when I did this. But now it's even makes less sense to do it than when I was in high school. And that is to give somebody a, quote-unquote, movie night gift. When you give them <laughs> one pack yeah. of microwave popcorn, a, a DVD... DVD. And sometimes like a little bowl that could make their popcorn in. And and condoms. <laughs> right. And you give that. And the DVD, of course, you found in the $5 bin at Walmart. Yep. And so it's like it's like Rocky <laughs> Five, the one nobody watches. Or like. The, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. And, That's and so one. like even now, like. That was bad then. Now, when everything is streamable, you can rent a movie for three bucks online. It makes even less sense to go yep. buy somebody a $5 DVD. I admit, I was guilty of this one once because we did This was like, I was in high school. Yeah. Like my first year as part of the adult exchange. I was like, oh, this will be cool. So I got like... It was a movie kit. It came with a bucket that you can make the popcorn in. It came with a couple candy bars. It came with like a couple one liter pops. And then I bought a $5 DVD, The Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas gift. Yeah. And then looking back on it, it's like what we said earlier. I'm like, well, firstly, everybody who wants this movie owns this movie already. It's been <laughs> out for forever. And secondly, who wants to sit down and watch a Christmas movie that they got on Christmas after Christmas? <laughs> <You're right>. like, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and you're not like when you're with family, you're not gonna be like, all right, everybody, shut up, we're gonna watch this Christmas movie. Unless it's right. like tradition, like some families are like, we always watch a Christmas story on on Christmas or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah. you receive Christmas Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Everyone, shut up! We're gonna watch this movie from the thirties. <laughs> like... Right. <laughs> Kids, stop running around! This is family time! <laughs> oh, man. No, it, oh, it's a wonderful life. I've been guilty of that one, too. Um, but another one that I'll throw out there as an honorable mention is cups. Um, mm, like tumblers and mugs, or just plastic cups? Like, usually people will throw in... They'll give you, like, a cup with candy. Like, here's a... Mm. like. Mm-hmm. Here's a plastic cup that has candy in it. Okay, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not seven years old. So this <laughs> this Marvel cup, I know I've said I like superheroes, but that's not that doesn't hit the same with me. And I, I do like I do like Butterfingers, but I'm you know I'm grossly obese and I'm trying to not. <laughs> I'm already eating so much crap at Christmas anyway. That's the kind of gift you get from your aunt and uncle when you're like 25 because they still consider you a little kid. (laughs) Just give them some candy and a superhero toy. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, we have some more Christmas stuff for you guys and we need to get going on this. So let's go to our our hypotheticals. Um, Number one. Man, Michigan hat. If you could ask Santa for anything for one of your sports teams this Christmas, what would it be and why? Obviously, I would ask for championships, but I'm going to be a little more creative. Um, I'm going to ask for a competent GM for the Lions. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm, the, my teams are very needy right now. There's a lot of Ooh, things I could ask for. I could ask for, a, yeah, <laughs> I could ask for a new coach for the Wolverines. Like, there's a lot of needs I have. Um, but the most pressing current need I feel is yeah, a competent GM because that's a long lasting thing. Like even if the GM you get is terrible, you're stuck with him for probably three years, four years minimum. Like, so this move is going to be one that affects my fandom for years to come. I would like a nice GM for Christmas, please. Santa. Ho, ho, ho. What about you, little boy? Uh, I, so, my first thought was a comp like a I guess a franchise quarterback, for the Bears, mm-hmm. like Stafford might be available. But what I mean is like one that we draft, like have their whole career yeah, with you, yeah. yeah, that kind of deal. Um, That's a good one. But the other one I'm thinking about is I my my wish this Christmas. St. Nicholas, if you can hear me, um, he can. is, <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> is, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I would really, he sees you when you're sleeping and when you're showering and whatever you're doing, yeah. he's always watching. I would really love a perennial all-star NBA player on the Bulls. And I say that, mm. I choose my words carefully there because I kind of feel like, yeah, asking for a superstar, like a top five superstar, yeah. that's like, that's basically asking for a championship, right? Um, yeah, that's too easy. Yeah, to, so. yeah, so the Bulls have a lot of 
intriguing young pieces and what they need is they need some veteran presence and some guys that are regularly regularly far above average and successful and if i can get somebody that throughout his career and with the bulls is going to go to five all-star games or six all-star games then that is what i think the bulls need and will help them a lot getting things to the next level so that's kind of my other thing i'm thinking about i like that all right next question which sport would be improved by replacing equipment with candy canes Mm. so this one's obvious to me yeah right away um so i would replace my putter with a giant candy cane um yeah uh it'd get a little sticky on those hot days you go golfing um yeah uh or at augusta since it's down in georgia uh, can you imagine the masters yeah. sticky hands the whole yeah. <laughs> um oh that sounds good. but uh no i feel like the candy cane could be a good steadying uh mm. it, yeah it, it could really help my stroke if you know what i mean oh yeah um my first and most obvious answer is hockey sticks yeah. um uh, but that one's almost too obvious. Though, just to be outside the box a little, I'm gonna say the face mask on helmets <laughs> should be made out of candy. Oh, that'd canes. be awesome! Especially so, because... like big collisions, the candy canes just shatter. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be <laughs> yeah. dangerous, but that'd be awesome to see. <laughs> Shards of candy cane <laughs> flying everywhere. <laughs> I just think it'd be interesting. the visual would be really cool. Like, like if you're not like wearing a collision, the and there's just but... candy cane confetti flying through the air. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sweet. That'd be awesome, yeah. That'd be like something on NFL Blitz 2002. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, next question. Would you rather replace Gatorade or water that they have on the sideline of like football mm-hmm. with hot chocolate, a peppermint mocha, or eggnog? So you're hot, you're sweaty, you've been playing your butt off for you know three quarters of football – all you need is something to quench your thirst, to give you the energy you need to go back out there. Do you want a hot chocolate, a peppermint mocha, or eggnog? Lots of electrolytes. This is a really good decision to make. Plus, there's the whole added thing of, at the end of the game, big upset victory, dumping it on the coach's head. So aside from the third degree burn, Well, and even like some players like will dump water on their heads and stuff. Just boiling hot, hot chocolate. <laughs> I mean, eggnog would be pretty funny to dump on somebody. It's so thick. Yeah, I'm going to go with eggnog, honestly. <laughs> um, and plus the whole, like, if it's alcoholic eggnog, Ooh. that just brings a whole new dimension to the sport. Like, as this, as the game goes yeah. on, <laughs> been knocking back the eggnogs. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, and it's just a unique... Yeah. No, eggnog is exactly where I was going to. And I was particularly <laughs> thinking about eggnog... I know I said sideline, but I was thinking about baseball dugouts. And there's nothing I'd want more than to chew on sunflower seeds and then drink eggnog. <laughs> that sweet, salty combination. Do you like eggnog? I love eggnog, no? yeah. Okay, um, yeah. The, I mean, I like it, but it's no, I, it's a very interesting... I have to have it at Christmas. Like, okay. I'll be disappointed if I don't have it. It's the same thing for and me with pecan pie at Thanksgiving. I have to have pecan okay. pie. Um yeah. But the other piece to so this demanding. is that in baseball, sometimes when the players are like really upset with something that happened in the field, they'll take a bat to the Gatorade machine uh, <laughs> can, and it'd be awesome right. to see just eggnog comes. Just eggnog everywhere. Yeah. 
<laughs> dripping from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> the dugout. Yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. It would be so disgusting. Definitely a good idea. Yeah. All right. What is one sports personality? So this can be a player, broadcaster, coach, whatever. What is a sports personality's face that would make the most ugly Christmas sweater? <sighs> Any sport. Takashi 69. <laughs> Famous actor. <laughs> oh man. Um I mean, a few come to mind for me. Go ahead. I already Go know. Go ahead, because I got to think so, about this. Joakim Noah and, like, Shanahan, Michael, or Michael Strahan, uh-huh. like, guys who just have, like, very distinct Bad dental work. and memorable, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> memorable <laughs> dental issues. Just, like, very distinct and unique. Or, like, Anthony Davis when he had the unibrow, like, something like that would just be a very marketable thing you could have as a sweater. But immediately I thought of one person. And that is head coach Andy Reid. <laughs> I feel like he'd be at a, that would be an ugly sweater I would be proud to own. Um, you could have like Andy Reid's face. But with, would it be like, the most fast ugly food Christmas logos. sweater? What's that? Would it be the most ugly Christmas sweater? I don't think it'd be the ugliest. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's tough. So one thought I one guy I thought of is. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> especially if you... That could be a very flamboyant sweater, too. Yeah, especially if you get one with him, like, with all his piercings and, like, yeah. you know, tats up his neck. Like what he looks like now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that. Another one would be... Uh, I don't know why, but Ron Artest slash Meta World mm, Peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that. Just, yeah. Um, hmm. And... Who's that Honestly, guy who ben for the Dodgers? <laughs> yeah, fits. Just kind of an ugly. Yeah. Who's that guy for the Dodgers who had COVID? Uh, oh, Justin Turner. The last game. I feel like he would be an. Ugly well, have you Christmas seen him with his hat off? Yeah, yeah, he's got like a big bald spot and like yeah, he's yeah, like that got the comb over going. <laughs> he's got that like Lord of the Rings golem hair, <laughs> like the stringy, barely covers your scalp kind of hair. <laughs> Well, he did win the precious. This, this there you go. Season, yeah. So, all right, huh. let's finish off our hypotheticals with a kind of a more serious one. Oh, by the way, J.R. Smith would be another good one to have on a Christmas sweater. Like that you could have like the tattoos be the pattern yep. on the sleeves. Yep, that'd be pretty sweet, actually. Um. Okay, which NBA? Oh, wait. By the way, I thought of another one. Just throwing another sport. Alex Ovechkin uh-huh. is not a good-looking dude. <laughs> oh, that's he would a be a really good one. <laughs> or Brad Marchand yeah, 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 for the, yeah. the Bruins. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Tanya Harding like now. <laughs> <laughs> the pants that come with it of uh, the tearaway ankles. <laughs> like the, when you're a kid, oh, you have those Velcro word. pants that could zippers. become shorts. Yeah. Yeah, it's like just at the ankles, though. So, okay, by the way, speaking of like useless, like that's not a useless gift at the time, but looking back, how stupid is that model? Like, oh, well, if it's too hot and you can take the part of the legs off, they become shorts. 
it's like, well, it's got to be like one of the worst fashion things of all. Yeah, time. it's like, well, then what do I do with the rest of the legs that I just took off my pants? <laughs> Put them in your pockets, yeah. like, <laughs> just carry these legs around. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Combine that with denim, and where you got like the denim shorts with the zippers <laughs> still on the bottoms, like. Oh, Man. boy. Gotta love the 90s. That's right. <laughs> All right. Which NBA Christmas Day game are you looking forward to most and why? All right. So we got Pelicans Heat, Nets Celtics, Clippers Nuggets, Warriors Bucks, Mavericks Lakers. I know my answer. Honestly, all good games. I know my answer, and it's primarily based off what you said earlier, and that's Nets Celtics. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking too, maybe. Based on your comments about how the Celtics are, like – probably you called the Nets and Celtics 1A and 1B and I don't think the Celtics are as good as you're saying so honestly just based on even just what you said alone Mm because I think you follow NBA maybe a little closer than I do I'm intrigued well yeah I don't even know that well I don't even yeah I'm I don't know that well but that's kind of my I guess prediction yeah I just think the Celtics are gonna have a good year um because they were kind of underwhelming last year so um I think for me like it's not the best game on here, but I'm really looking forward to Warriors Bucks. So it won't be the first look we get at the Warriors, but seeing Steph Curry again, Giannis just got his big extension. Like, how do those teams match up? Um, both kind of, I wouldn't say real like title contenders, but both playoff caliber teams. Yeah. Like, what are the first looks we get at those teams? Like, how real are either of them? Um, like superstars going head to head. That's just one I'm excited for looking at this. So awesome. I would like, like all of these are games I would watch though. <clears throat> yeah, no, it'll be a good day of NBA games. And there's a Vikings saints game on Christmas day, which will be kind of fun too. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Our last segment for you today is a Christmas special segment. If you recall to our Thanksgiving episode, we had our thank yous that we handed out to our teams uh, and this 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 special Christmas episode, we have the naughty and nice list. So, with this segment, we'll each run through our teams for Chicago and Detroit, and look back at their year in sports. And we will determine, just as Old Saint Nick does himself, if they belong on the naughty or the nice list. And at the end, we'll check the list twice too, just to make sure everything's right. That's that's a good call. So yeah, um, even though we we see them when they're sleeping and when they're awake yeah which is a felony (laughs) (laughs) all right so um who are i i have not prepared anything ahead of time so this will be kind of off the cuff for me but who are some people you have included on the naughty list let's start with the naughty list oh is this individuals or teams i was thinking people like individuals on teams oh or individuals in sports related to your teams Oh, my, okay, I was thinking this was like, um, we say each team what they did overall, but I like yours better. Um, so like, I'll start. Okay. Yeah. Jim Boylan. I, okay, I've got some ideas. Yeah. Okay. Jim Boylan belongs on the naughty list. Um, yes, And for Christmas, he's getting fired from the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he just totally... Any development you could have done with these young players, you just drove them straight into the ground. And mm-hmm. you focused way too much on the wrong things, not building a system that fits your players, but building a system and making your players fit it. 
Um, makes no sense in the modern NBA. You're a bad, bald coach. Um, you know, only a few people can pull off bald, including The Rock and Vin Diesel, and you're neither of them. Uh, you're on the naughty list. Pretty similar build. <laughs> yeah. A facial structure. <laughs> if if you had an action figure of The Rock and left it in the oven. <laughs> right. <for> a... <laughs> it's Jim Boylan. Um, I'm going to put... Okay. Sticking with the theme of fired coaches and the one probably I've talked about the most on here, uh, Matt Patricia, you are on the nice list. (laughs) Obviously on the naughty list. He does look the most Um, like Santa out of all of our. That's true. He does. He's like a, an evil twin version of Santa because he unfortunately brought no joy and no gifts to Detroit. Um, and in fact, he set our team back several years. So, um, strap in for the rebuild. That's going to be fun. Got to redo the whole defense now. Um, so yeah, somehow Matt Patricia was able to come to one of the worst franchises in the NFL and make it worse. Naughty list. All right. This next one, I'm going to head over to the bears. And it's funny because earlier this episode, I was saying how I'm cautiously optimistic, but Matt Nagy is going to be on my naughty list. And here's the reason. Matt Nagy is like one of those kids who's really been a jerk all year long. And then all of a sudden in December is reminded, oh, it's only 25 days until Christmas. <laughs> like, oh, I better start That's acting good. really good so I get gifts from Santa. And it's just too late. But Santa was watching back yeah. at the beginning of the year. It's just too little, too late. Matt. Um, and there's too much that mm-hmm. remains to be seen. So Matt Nagy is on my naughty list. I like that logic. That's a good example. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to f- have our first member of the nice list. And that is new GM Troy Weaver for the Pistons. Nice. Um, again, we don't know that these moves will work out or won't work out. It's a rebuilding team, but I just like that he's doing something. He clearly has a vision for what he wants to do. He completely overhauled the Pistons. That stretch, like right leading up to the draft and right after the draft, like that three-day stretch was the most exciting I ever remember a Pistons team being in my entire time being a Pistons fan. Um, So I'm putting him on the nice list just because he's trying, which in Detroit is a lot to ask for. So, yeah. Yeah. And don't be afraid to fill up both sides of your list with people from each team. Oh, we're going to do enough of each to do. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, cool. I'll fill that. It's a long episode already. So why not? Yeah. They have. All right. The listeners have 12 days of Christmas to listen to it. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, the next, I'm, 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 for me, I'm compartmentalizing, doing the naughty list, and then I'll do the nice list. So, oh, okay, um, for me, next on the naughty list, and it's hard to put him here for all that he's done for this city, but Theo Epstein, you are on the naughty list for leaving, <sighs> resigning a year early from when your contract stated. Um, you left us in good hands with Jed Hoyer, um, but it still hurts. And, uh, yeah, so Theo Epstein, you resigning puts you on the naughty list. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to say, next up on the naughty list, it would just be inappropriate if he wasn't right up there at the top of the naughty list with Matt Patricia, and that's Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Um, took a perennially great brand, great name, great program, 
And for the past few years, he's been a good coach, but just never got over the hump. This year, he completely body slammed the program into the ground, new lows every week, um, shattered any kind of love I still had for the team. Um, He effectively made me hate college football as a sport because now that Michigan's not good enough to justify excusing it, I'm seeing more and more flaws and things that frustrate me, like we talked about earlier in the episode. So Jim Harbaugh, you basically killed my love for an entire sport. (laughs) Naughty list. Very naughty. You jerk. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna continue the like coach and exec round route right now. I'm I'm hoping to get to some players here in a minute. Um, <clears throat> but the next up on my naughty list um, is Scott Bowman, or I'm sorry, Stan Bowman. Uh, yep. Not Scotty. Uh, Stan Bowman, who is the GM <laughs> of the Blackhawks. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, he might be on the way out of town." Nope. How about we give him a promotion? Congratulations, president of hockey business, Stan Bowman. And guess what? You get to maintain your GM title too. So you're the the president of hockey operations and the GM. Um, You and Danny Wirtz, the new team president, belong on the naughty list. Wait, I'm, I'm getting a notification on my phone, actually. Breaking news. He's been promoted to emperor of all hockey topics in Chicago. Not surprised. Well deserved. Yeah. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> God of Chicago. I hope not. We already have right. one of those, and his name is Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm try, I'm gonna just kind of alternate naughty nights. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. We're doing it differently. That's I'm gonna fine. go nice list. I'm gonna go Matt Stafford. Um, I gave him a shout out earlier in the episode for continuing to put in effort when the team is this bad. Um, This is kind of maybe another last chance to shout him out as we kind of look at his career as a lion. We don't know anything for sure, Um, but kind of as these last few games are happening, I'm going to take some chances to kind of give him credit because we don't know what next year will look like. And uh, I appreciate you, Matt. Um, Yeah. Impish or admirable? Admirable. I need to put on at least one player on the naughty list. Um, I can think mm. of two, but the first one I'm going to go with is Robert Quinn. Um, oh, yeah. That's a he good took one. a massive contract, absolutely robbing the Bears of, what was it, $37 million guaranteed dollars or something this year. You're going to have a major yep. cap hit. You're with the Bears for two more years after this. You produced... Two sacks this year, two strip sacks technically, so that's nice. At least they got the fumble bundle. It was like a buy one, get one deal. Like, oh, I'll give you two right. sacks and get two fumbles with it. Thank you. Um, yeah. Absolutely worthless piece of trash. Coal for you. Jeez. Holy crap. <laughs> for Christmas, you get a public execution. <laughs> wow. Good game All last right. Sunday, though. <laughs> <laughs> no Christmas presents, but good deal. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to stay away from just football stuff, but honestly, it's going to, like, it'll be somewhat tough. Are you going down Brown? Is that, like, what you're thinking? Uh, I At some point, I might need to get him on there, and, but I was thinking, like, Lions players, oh. too. But it's like, so, yeah, my list is going to be football heavy, but it's because all my other teams are so, like... 
they're at awkward stages where it's like they're about to rebuild, but they haven't yeah. done anything yet to prove that they're nice. So, I mean, I could say AJ Hinge is on the nice list, but he literally hasn't done anything yet. So, I mean, I'm excited that he's the head coach, but it's like I'm not going to put what him about on like nice or naughty. There's like so, like because he looked. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I just kind of give my thought process. I'm going to go kind of keep going football for a little okay. bit i'll think through more but a lot of like red wings players like who am i going to put on the list like they're all so almost insignificant at this point yeah. that they haven't made enough of a splash in detroit right. so just as a heads up like that's kind of why i'm football heavy that's fine for the listeners but we just have um, enough idiots to go around in chicago that <laughs> well yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um okay i'm going to go naughty and this might be a little unfair because injuries are not the player's fault. But, man, Kenny Galladay, you had a really bad year, dude. You played, like, three and a half games. Um, it's a contract year. It, there's been tons of questions about, could you have played those or were you holding out? Do you want to play for the Lions in the future? Um this was a year when, like, there were games. It would have been really nice to have you because you there were games that, if you played, could have went the other way, honestly. Because you could tell just having an extra weapon downfield would have made a big difference. If it was, like, for legit injuries, I'm not going to, like, it's, I, you just feel bad for him. It's not his fault. But, man, you picked a really bad time to miss a whole year. So, Kenny Galladay, I'm sorry, but you're on the naughty list. <clears throat> All right. Um, I think to speed this up, let's start picking two at a time. All right, go for so it. So first to find um, the, my last selection for the naughty list is going to be Otto Porter Jr. Um, mm. Not only are you constantly injured and you're never playing up to what your contract or your potential says, but then to boot, you decide uh, to go out and party, sharing cups and everything in a public club with people during a pandemic, um, you're on the naughty list. All right, mm. my first nice list is also Bulls related, and that is new vice president of basketball operations, Arturis Karnaschovas. It's easy to say that maybe, yeah, he hasn't done enough yet to prove himself, um, but just the way he ho holds himself, the way he speaks, mm -hmm. the his track record with players, from his scouting days and as an assistant GM um, and a GM gives me a lot of confidence in him as, as the Bulls uh, vice president of basketball operations. I like it. All right. The next two are both Tigers. Uh, I thought about it for a little bit. I was able to come up with a couple. Um, starting with the nice list, Rod, Ron Gardenhire, mm. uh, former manager. I thought you might go with that. Um, yeah, R.I.P. Out of respect for. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, just out of respect for his career, the way he left was kind of strange. But I mean, he he was a guy when the roster was had like no talent. He still kept a pretty good culture and was a good leader. Just the kind of guy like a good clubhouse presence for the younger guys. Um, so, I mean, obviously we didn't put a team out there that could have won anything significant. But I just appreciate the time he spent with Detroit. Always seemed like a likable guy. Um, so Ron Gardenhire, naughty list for the Tigers. Matthew Boyd, supposed to be our ace. Oh yeah. Um, and his final record was three and seven with a six point seven ERA. 
Um, considered by far our best pitcher going into the year. I mean, there's other guys coming up like Manning and Mize and like guys who are younger who are supposed to be really good in the future. Mm. But this guy was supposed to be like an established like people were talking about him like he could be a bright spot on a bad Tigers team. Maybe he's an all star. Just a terrible year. And it seems like every game he went out and gave up nine runs in four innings. Like it just seemed like he was getting shelled constantly unacceptable like yeah it's a bad team but all the other pitchers were miles ahead of you you're not an ace and you're not on the nice list all right this next uh selection is i haven't talked about my college football team yet and i think ian book deserves a place on the nice list um Mm -hmm. he has really played you know yes there was a no the team as a whole had a rough game against clemson in the acc championship uh, but this year, Ian Book has really got taken the next step for him. He's not on the same level as your top Heisman runners, um, but he has showed a lot of ability. He might be able to bring to the NFL level if someone's willing to take a chance on him in like fifth round or whatever. Um, I really like what I've seen from Ian Book. He's improved his mobility, improved his accuracy, uh, and he's he's he has the most wins uh, ever in Notre Dame history at quarterback. So you got to give him credit where credit's due. Hmm. For sure. Um, my second selection here is going to be Cubs related. And that is David Ross, the manager. Um, I, he, it was a really weird year. Uh, a lot, the Cubs kind of fell apart with a lot of the same issues. And I think it says more about where the players were than what the coaching was. And for that reason, I think David Ross, I really think he's going to be a really good manager. And I think give him a few years as the Cubs kind of try to rebuild here. I think Mm -hmm. you're going to see him really flex his manager muscles. Yep. And the fact that in a tough year when there was a lot to complain about, he wasn't getting a lot of criticism personally from what I saw outside. Like it just goes to show he was the kind of guy who wasn't making stupid decisions. It was just a rough year. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, both Michigan Wolverine related here. Boy, um, Don Brown. <laughs> Don Brown is, I mean, clearly, like we've made a separate naughty list for like people who actually deserve punishments, uh-huh. not just to not get gifts. And uh, Don Brown's on that list. Naughty, naughty, naughty. <laughs> You're a fraud. Your defense is terrible. Um, you've survived. Like you've for you went years being solid against bad teams and losing to the good teams and then now this year the whole train fell off the rails crashed into a farm and a schoolhouse and killed everybody in sight one of the worst catastrophes in college football history your defense is a joke your outdated schemes have been holding this team back for too long don brown is on the naughty list um on the nice list, um, making an appearance after his 15 minutes of fame, Cade McNamara <laughs> uh, for Michigan. Um, yeah, he was the starter for about 45 minutes, uh, which was really fun, really good memories. Uh, probably the best, the highlight of Michigan's decade is uh, when he led us back to defeat Rutgers Woo. in triple overtime. Really a, a signature win for a proud program. That's a... Uh, something we'll remember fondly for years to come. I do remember that uh, that like week between Rutgers and the next game when he got injured, and I remember <laughs> everyone was like, "They should have started McNamara all along." <laughs> like, yeah, 
So yeah, that was a, a fun week. Yeah, thank you for your service, Cade. All right, this next one is, no matter how bad the Blackhawks may be, we still have Patrick Kane. And boy, is he just still performing. He, he You know, he's in his thir- well into his 30s. Not well, he's still at the early part of his 30s. Um, mm-hmm. And so he is aging, but he's still performing at a high elite level. He's still just a great player. Um, a lot of people agree he's the best American-born player the NHL has ever seen. Um, so just Patrick Kane, you are the biggest bright spot for the Blackhawks. I'm happy, happy, happy uh, to put you on the nice list. Um, my second selection here is going to be you, Darvish. You, uh, Darvish had responded to a few years of very, very tumultuous years uh as with the cubs just lacking control um tipping his pitches was something people were thinking he was doing have struggling with injury and he responds with a runner-up cy young performance which was by the way a debatable result of that going to trevor bauer you darvish was better in other some categories bauer was better in others um but you, Darvish, you deserved it. You get all the presents this year. Hmm. All right. Um, we'll do a couple more. Yeah, let me do. So this one is just for his career, not what he did specifically last year. But it would feel wrong. I mean, a lot of Detroit legends are not playing anymore. You look at like Pavel Datsuk, Calvin Johnson, all these guys who like just aren't around anymore so the fact that we still have Miguel Cabrera playing um you didn't really do anything to stand out last year but just as a um salute to his career Miguel Cabrera I'm gonna put you on the nice list um I mean just kind of he obviously not the player he used to be but there's still a good chance next year he's his career home runs are at 487 there's a good chance he gets to 500 next year um so just yeah kind of a yeah, just a reward for his years he's been here. Um, so I'm going Miguel Cabrera there. Naughty list. Oh, man. I'm going to go Gary Bettman with the NHL, commissioner of the NHL, just for having the audacity to put his name behind the draft pick that the Red Wings were left with. The lottery is a joke. You're a joke. Um, one of the most upset like one of the biggest times I've been riled up about hockey in several years because it's kind of just hasn't been much to talk about, but that really was a low light of the year, which is saying a lot in 2020. Uh, so Gary Bettman, I have a recommendation for you for your, your next turn, which will be your last two. Okay. Kevin Warren would be a good recommendation. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good point. All right. My final two, I'm going to start with someone on the naughty list and that is Chris Bryant. Um, again, every, I feel like every year since the world series MVP year was, oh, this is Chris Bryant's, uh, prove it year. This is the year he's going to repeat as MVP or get back to MVP level. And every year he doesn't. And every year we're told, oh, his injuries aren't affecting him that much. Oh, or, or every year he has like this minor thumb injury or like he has a bruise on his thigh or something like super something that wouldn't really directly affect ingrown nose hair yeah and he (laughs) 
just has never gotten close. He's not a bad player, but he's never gotten back to where he was. And people want to know what happens. And there's really never been an answer. Um, So this is a big year for Bryant. Presumably there's rumors that he'll get extended by the Cubs. I have no idea. It won't be for the record he once wanted, like the record contract he once wanted. But that's why he's on the naughty list, because he has a lot to prove. And my final on the nice list. Thank you so very much to his Aranus, Michael Jordan, for allowing The Last Dance to be produced and aired during the darkest time in American sports history when no sports were played due to the pandemic. And we got to relive the magic of the 90s Bulls and learn a lot about Michael Jordan behind the scenes. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Jordan. It's a good one. Beat that. <laughs> wow. Um, <sighs> so he's on the nice mm-hmm. list, by the way. Just oh, okay. <laughs> thanks for specifying. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty list. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay, I'm going to start with nice list. I'm going to put Sheila Ford on the nice list. Which putting any member of the Ford family on the nice list is probably blasphemous. Um, and I don't, I'm not thrilled. Like, this is the reason she's kind of a last second addition to the nice yeah. list. Because I wasn't super impressed because she should have gotten rid of Quinn and Patricia earlier. Um, but she did what needed to be done. I'm just thankful that we're not at the point where they're still on the team and now we have to debate whether they're going to be back or not. Like, Thankfully, that's behind us. I appreciate that she pulled the trigger. And uh, I'll put you on the nice list, but it's kind of a prove it. Like, next year, there's no guarantee. You might not be on the nice list. So um, don't get complacent. You got to work to stay there, Sheila. Um, Yeah. Are you going to go with my recommendation? Naughty list. Yeah, I have to. The Big Ten was just such a catastrophe this year. Um, the whole stuff with Ohio State, like, not that it would have made them play any more games, but it just looks that much worse when you have to bend the rules to get them in to the Big Ten Championship even. Like, it was a rule you probably should have never made. You shouldn't have waited so long to start the season. Then when you did, you try to squeeze it all together with no bye weeks. Um, yeah. Yep. I actually, this reminds me of something related to our discussion earlier about the playoffs. Um, I had tweeted out, and I know you liked it. I just said something to the effect of, just because the Big Ten brought the season back because they thought that Ohio State would make the college football playoff doesn't mean that Ohio State should make the college football playoff. Right, yeah. It's been a weird year, and yeah, you can't just... Yeah, but it, it feels like that, right? It feels like the whole the yep. whole nation was told we're coming back because Ohio. We needed our representative, and it's going to be Ohio State. And it was like a foregone conclusion before the season started that Ohio State was going to be in the playoff. And yep. because that premise was there, it's like a forced thing that we all have to accept now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep, for sure. Cool. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun segment. Uh, so. Michael Jordan, you Darvish, Patrick Kane, David Ross, Ian Book, Arturis Karnaschovas. You can expect something really nice from me under your tree this year. Jim Boylan, Matt Nagy, Theo Epstein, Stan Bowman, Robert Quinn, Otto Porter Jr., and Chris Bryant. 
expect some uh, some coal, and hopefully for a lot of you, that coal will light a fire under your butts, and you can turn things around and end up on the nice list next year. Yep. Uh, so I've got here. Sorry, I'm fixing my notes. I had put somebody in the wrong spot. Um, nice list. I've got Matthew Stafford, Troy Weaver, Rod Garden hired. Oh, that's why. Don Brown was in the wrong spot. He's not nice. No. <laughs> Uh, I'd put, yeah, the Michigan ones in the wrong spots. Um, probably the worst one I could accidentally put on the nice. <laughs> <list>. <laughs> um, that makes sense. Okay. Miguel So I've Cabrera. got nice. Yeah. I've got Ron Garden higher, Miguel Cabrera, Sheila Ford and Caden McNamara. Naughty list. I've got Matt Patricia, Jim Harbaugh, Kenny Galladay, Matthew Boyd, Gary Bettman, Don Brown, and Kevin Warren. Mm been a banner year uh it's depressing to look back on them it's a lot of naughty honestly i feel like the nicest were a little more forced for me (laughs) all right um let's we this has been a super long extra special christmas episode for all of you so hopefully you've been enjoying it because we're at like two hours and 40 minutes and we're just getting to our silver lining so i'll make this nice and quick my silver lining is that the bears are still and honestly very much in the hunt. By beating the Vikings, you've basically eliminated them from being a team that can catch you or compete with you for that seventh wild card spot. It is now between you and the Cardinals. Uh, the worst part is you have to trust another team to beat the Cardinals. Um, but you know, for the most part, you control your own destiny. You you can only win the games in front of you and hope that the Cardinals lose to either the Niners or the Rams. Um, So the Bears season really, it's hard to believe, but it very well might have turned around. And if the Bears make the playoffs, I I don't even, I don't even know what I'll do. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. Um, Mine is that even though the Lions are having a naughty year, had a naughty coach that they finally got rid of, that, their draft pick continues to get nicer and that's the silver lining with any bad yeah. NFL team. Uh, thankfully we don't have a lottery which screwed over the Red Wings. So uh, keep climbing the draft boards. That's my silver lining. what we are frustrated about today what about you share your frustrations with us or about us at real fm podcast and social media or frustration nation at shootyourshotsports.com you can also follow us at michigan hat and at furious george 94 voice your frustrations leave us a review and if you're frustrated that this episode is over because you wanted to hear more be sure to look for new episodes every tuesday everywhere you can get podcasts be sure to subscribe If you get as frustrated as we do or you just enjoy hearing us gab, consider supporting the show on Patreon for a monthly subscription or Venmo tip jar for a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Even $1, which is only $997 less than the average amount American families spend 
during the holiday season, hopefully not on those freaking science kits, makes a big difference for us. We appreciate the support. Now get out there and frustrate Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Hoes in this house. There's some hoes There's in some this hoes. house. <laughs> nice. 998, man. Consumerism. The best part of Christmas. Thanks, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about... <laughs> yeah. The invisible Economic hand. Impact of Adam Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas as a metaphor for capitalism. 